Welcome to the One One. I am BJ Ryan. Episode sixty-five is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. As always, on the West Australian Racing Podcast, I'm teaming up with the one, the only Perth Racing Guru, and as it's our second edition of our Young Gun Podcast series, we are welcoming Tommy Johnston to the show as well. G'day, Terry, and g'day, Tom. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. It's um. It's a pleasure, I guess you can call it. Um, whether or not so the way I've been performing lately, I deserve it. I don't know, but um, you know, look, we'll see if we can change that today. Uh, it's good having you on, TJ. It's uh, TJ. We going with TJ? Anyone call you TJ? Oh, my brother's mates. That's about it. Yeah, right. But I don't mind. You feel free to call me whatever you yeah, like. Gonna, I think that's the first time we ever called you TJ as well. So <laughs> it's it usually Tommy. Must be the so. microphone in front of me, so I'm going to roll with TJ. But um, no, you've look. It's been a it's been a tough few weeks i think for most punters um i think in particular in our little podcast gun series at the moment riley for me has probably been the stiff punter um of the lot of his but uh, it's been a tough few weeks but your form before that uh tommy i'm back to tommy now yeah? uh, your form before that was elite um i did have some stats written down there actually in a separate room but uh your tips with uh long knife brother uh reaction to place recently some of the the ways you're coming up with a few of these uh, left field selections and uh, some of the prices you've got uh, have been highly impressive. So uh, we know all it takes is, especially the the prices that you're tipping some at, Tommy, that um, it only takes one winner and you've um, you've squared it up or you're not back in front for the last couple of weeks. So uh, looking forward to uh, hearing what Tommy's got to add, BJ. Yeah, Tommy's going to be with us throughout the preview for Ascot 1000 Guineas Day. Bit of... Um, Bit of early guru in that sort of. Oh, there's a bit. Bit of early guru in those uh, like uh, deep south Albany. I messaged you. Well, I actually things. messaged like, you just, and I said, "Geez, it's amazing how many you're lobbing up that yeah. um, that I'm already on or I'm going to end up on." So yeah. I was just actually, thinking, I was just thinking, shut up, so our price still lasts. For, Which is uh, what uh, what attracted uh, me to the the lads because Latham and Riley both don't mind throwing out a um, one outside of the square as well, which is good stuff. So Tommy Johnston is on the show. We'll chat to him shortly. We've uh, we've already had a long lengthy fantastic conversation with simon a miller uh terry which we will we will play as part of the um the full episode of the one one but what a cracker simon a yeah he's he's uh he's a character oh. isn't he character yeah. of the turf doesn't mind a punt either doesn't mind a, like to say doesn't mind a punt doesn't mind spinning a yarn it was really good content and uh yeah we thoroughly enjoyed speaking to the man himself uh fresh from a big plunge at ascot last saturday um, I guess the thing that we need to talk about straight up is the Wizard of the West, William Pike. He <laughs> Terry's on. Uh, he headed to Caulfield first day of his uh, sort of late summer, autumn carnival assault in Melbourne. He had, what do you have, five rides, was it, for mm. three seconds and a dead heat victory in the Group 1 Oakley Plate aboard Celebrity Queen. Tommy, did you catch all the action at Caulfield last Saturday? Um, from a distance, uh, more or less just sitting at the pub watching him and quite impressed with his work. Um, probably could have gone a bit better with Regal Power, but obviously mm. issues there and appears to be coming back to Perth. But other than that, I think he just rides Caulfield so well and shows his class. So, The one question I have is, People are obviously now talking about his um, obviously jumping on the other neck of Celebrity Queen. Why, why doesn't every other jockey do that? 
Oh, why, why, why don't they all try and channel that? We see in Perth, Chrissy Parnham does it to a degree, Clint Johnson-Porter to a degree, but even over East, a lot of them are still sitting up on the line, hitting them. You see a lot of jockeys that are still using the whip as they go through the line. There's probably not a great deal you can do there. I just, I don't understand why more it's a, people aren't seeing... It's a seeing... fashion thing though, isn't it? Like things just, jockeys' styles come and go. It's an extra, I think on average, he's probably getting an extra, it might only be an extra 10 centimetres, something very small, but that, geez, if that wins you one extra race every two months and especially gets you a dead eight in a group one, I don't understand how it's not being adopted by but, more but what top is, classes. What is he doing exactly? Like, if is the, He knows where the post is and he, he's basically, because it's obviously Bob up, down, up, down, up, down. He's yeah. ensuring that the horse is fully stretched um, at the winning post to but get that, that extra But, but that's the greatest skill. The greatest skill is having the horse at full stretch on the winning post, mm. not him pushing its head down. So he can be pushing its head down half a stride before the post and it's not as effective. Mm. But his real talent is that being able to time that, I don't know whether it's just some sort of inbuilt clock inside him where he just he can measure the, the amount of space he's got to the finish line, get the horse in stride and more often than not, it's a freak thing. It's more often than not, he is at full stretch. His horses stuff. are at full stretch on the line and he that uh, the young fella on uh, Portland Sky, he was a bit stiff. He was home in the Oakley Plate for his first Group 1 victory and uh, the wizard just come, snuck through along the fence and uh, on the worst part of the track as well and, uh, and shared victory. That'll look like a uh, not as impressive a victory as it should. Celebrity Queen, worst part of the track. Also, she never got cover. Like I know that'll sound funny because she was underneath horses, but she never had the back of another horse. She was always she was chasing, sort of floating. She? I expected yeah. her. I expected her the, the run she had, the part of the track pike you couldn't get to. I expected her just to plot away midfield. So you, look, she's got to be super hard to beat going forward in um, in Newmarket. Newmarket. Newmarket one. So heading Newmarket. to the Newmarket yeah. next. Yeah. So that was uh, terrific. Different kettle of fish down the straight. That was not different race. Yeah. yeah. So that's that was a terrific result. His other. Uh, Major um, performances on the day was the second in the Blue Diamond. Geez, he looked home in the Blue Diamond too, didn't he? We were roaring at home trying to lift him across the line. He just got swooped upon by Luke Curry and Artorias and um, was denied a Blue Diamond stakes victory. And uh, our queen, the queen of the West, our Katie Queen, she needed it. She was she was a very nice pipe opener for the All Star Mile. Ran second into a bloody good horse, probably. It's a it's a bit of a machine too. So she's going to take some beating. In the All Star Mile, and Arcadia Queen's going to need to be on top of her game. It's got a bit of uh, who did Arcadia Queen beat? That uh, was a very short price elect last campaign. Russian uh, Camelot. Camelot. Russian yeah. Camelot. It's got a little bit of that about it. Where um, probably will probably start um, provocatively, not provocatively short. We'll probably start quite uh, well in the market. But Arcadia Queen, the way these uh, Bob horses, the Grant and Alana training methodology, come on from their first up runs. Grand reckon, final trainers. Yeah, grand final. They certainly are grand final trainers. They don't. Uh, they don't train for train for round three, do they, BJ? Yeah, she just looked so good in action and uh, stepping up to the mile. Mooney Valley is going to be interesting because they uh, the, the All Star Mile gets shifted around between the three metro tracks. Does so, it really? Yeah. I had no idea about that. There yep. you go. Yeah. So first year was at That's Flemington. That's how much I follow uh, the Eastern States racing. First year Flemington, last year was at Caulfield, really? and this year's at Mooney Valley. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I had didn't? no idea. Where did you think the race was? I just presume it would be the same venue every year. No, that's that's part of the part of the package. So. They get over to Ascot one year? Hey, Belmont? Narrage and get to Ascot? <laughs> might get interested if we can get it, uh, an undulating narrage service. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was at Esperance or Albany, you might be able oh, to find the winner. Well, exactly right. It's the only winners I can find <laughs> at the moment, too. Is. Now, um, last week, of course, last of the line, he – you're kidding me, aren't you? Like, wow. You're actually kidding me. That was uh, – what a powerful performance to win the detonator stakes. That had uh, railway-type mm. feel to it, didn't it? Gee whiz. Just uh, 
sat on Montalina's back and just went bang. Arrogant. Yeah. That's the word I would use. Quite arrogant. I thought we were $1.20 at about the 600 with Montalina. I knew we had last of the line going well on our back, but there was a three and a half kilo swing, the up to the 1800, the fitness for Montalina. Gee whiz. I mean, last of the line was entered for um, uh, the sprint the following day. So it wasn't even a certainty they were popping up to the 1800. So dearie me. But um, yeah, they cleared out from third. And I think we saw two very, very, very smart horses uh, do battle there. And it uh, should be full steam ahead for Montalina into the Bunbury Cup, potentially last of the line into the Bunbury Cup, which is an interesting one. Well, I haven't had this uh, debate yet, but um, we talked about free trade uh, similar time last year as a potential railway horse. And um, obviously, it tipped out. Free trade never came back. So I was thinking, hey, do you really want to push on with last of the line here? But last of the line might not find this form again. That's mm. the thing. This might be career best form. At the, you don't know. He could, yeah. he, could, he could also go to another level. We don't know. We don't know. But you do probably have to strike while the iron's hot. So I completely understand the possibility. But I love that he's that good. They're not just saying we're going to the cup. They're considering going to the sprint on the same day. So he's either <laughs> going to go around over the uh, 22 of the cup, I presume, yeah, or the 14, 14 of the sprint. So he's good. Yeah. He's, 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 good. He's, he's unreal. Yeah. yeah unreal. He's, he's a good I don't think we've found his ceiling yet either i no. think that's the thing with him is uh i don't even think sj knows where he's at um so the potential for him could be anything as you said railway i mean it might be a stretch we do this every year mm. potential wa horse for the railway that isn't a bob peters horse and next thing you know one of them comes out of the stable and blouses them but obviously it's good to dream with he's, just, line, he's, so. So, he's just a fast horse though yeah. you know Absolutely. every time he, every time he goes around he runs time He's big, he's strong. Uh, there isn't a jockey that rides a horse better in Perth. Even when he's lost, even when Ryan Hill's lost on him, I think last campaign there was one run where he had enough, but he yeah. rode him a 10. Yeah. And even first up, he just jagged him out, let him run on nicely, didn't win the race. But he, I don't think there has been a horse ridden better by its jockey and they get along just so well, Ryan Hill and last of the line. Yeah, so. good on him, Ryan Hill. He's just, it's nice that uh, hard-working jockey's found himself a, a good exactly horse right. to ride. Exactly right. And um, interesting you mentioned that first up. Mm. Who won that race? Cryptic Love. Who ran second? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Who, who, ran, who, ran, who ran second? So who, on the little run sheet here, BJ's got last. So my two biggest bets for the weekend, right? Well, my three. Actually, let's, let's have a little bit of a chat about my last weekend. This is some of the stiffest shit you're going to hear. So my big bet was obviously Montalino was my biggest bet. To averaged about 420. Trades 280. Beat, just beaten fair and square. I'm not arguing with that. Beaten fair and square. But you're kidding, aren't you? Clearing out from third by fifth, getting beaten by last of the line, three and a half. Anyway, that's fine. Kiro started place. It's run fourth. Probably had its chance to get past Seminole Bray, but it's run fourth, so I can add it to my list. Then I popped into Western Temple. Western Temple at, you know, nearly 40 to 1. I did take some of the early 26s, but went pretty hard again at the near 40s. Been known by cryptic love. You're kidding me. And my other big bet was um, Holy Enchantment at $3.20. <laughs> so they were my four big bets for the weekend. And I've, uh, you, you are kidding me. I reckon I've punted a storm, but. Uh, just not getting the results, Tommy, but um, so it's a long game, isn't it, mate? Variance, Terry. Variance. Oh, variance can go and shove itself at the moment. <laughs> Honestly, you're kidding me. But uh, no, cryptic love. It's a. Uh, and who ran second? Preston Temple. No, in that in that uh, first up run. So that race, how's this for a race? Salaya. Salaya. Cryptic love. Cousin Ivan, seventh, roughly. Ran on into seventh. That was a good race. Good race. Come for me was good in fourth. Been a, been a good form reference. So, um, and we'll be discussing Salaya at length mm, uh, as the preview progresses. So. Uh, but yeah, as uh, Terry mentioned, Cryptic Love, Jason Whiting, rails hugging ride, uh, wins the uh, wins the Pinjarra Classic at a price last Sunday. Jeez, what a run, Samister. Anyway, we'll talk about that um, another another time, no doubt. I, I imagine he'll be in the Bunbury Stakes next week, so we'll cover all that then. Hopefully, Big Date will too. Oh, 
still not still not a certainty. Yeah. But um, he's recovering from his wolf abscess pretty well and um, looks to be on track for the Bunbury Sprint. Fingers crossed. Yeah. BJ. Good, good. So there has been a bit of a shift in the landscape over here in the West. Uh, feels like there's some better horses coming through the system. The yearling sales were on last mm. week. Terry, we were out there. And uh, our guest, Tommy Johnston, was up front and center, mm. bid spotting for Magic Millions. Tommy, welcome again to the show. It was good to finally meet you uh, last Thursday at the Magic Millions. Give us a little bit of your, your story, mate. Like, uh, how did you get involved in racing? How did you end up at Magic Millions last week? You do publish your selections uh, and you're very um, transparent about that on, on Twitter, which is good stuff. Uh, it's good to see a young fella, 19 years old, with such a love of WA racing. Um, well, yeah, thank you again. Also, um, so basically, as most people, parents get me involved, just punters, good or bad. I don't know. I'll let everyone else decide. They're absolutely horrible. Um, so from a young age, always had the bug, um, Melbourne Cup, you know, up in lights every year I wanted wanted a day off school and then as you progress older you know your mates kind of determine who you are you're a victim of your environment I'll say <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna write that one down that one. <laughs> one of uh, my better mates his family is quite heavily involved in racing so never really stood a chance and Man. then uh, Riley Caparara and mm. Peter Caparara I'll call them out um, but a big thank you to them because they have uh, made me realise my dream I guess you can call it mm -hmm. so um, and then, so it feels yeah. like a nightmare some Saturdays, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, you know. Most recently, Saturdays, recently, I regret at least, it. But, yeah. um, but yeah, no, nah, from there, just kind of, as you get older, want to work out, you know, what you want to do with your career and where you want to go. And I was quite heavily involved in or invested mentally in racing. And, you know, at one point, I wanted to be the journalist, like what Lockie Taylor does, and speak on race day. And then it kind of transitioned to the breeding side of things and bloodstock. So, that's another story, but as for my punting, you know, from an early age, mum's um, account got a bit of a workout um, <laughs> on Tab Touch and et cetera. But I bet. <laughs> yeah, and from there, I kind of progressed into taking it seriously thanks to, and you might not even know this, but Mark Miller, multiple get out stakes winner, oh. Mark Miller, Millsy. Yeah, right. Um, Good pedigree. Convinced me on a railway day 2018 that if I was going to take it seriously to get involved with GTX and I sat on it for a few months and then eventually committed to it and haven't looked back since. So that's where my spark for punting is kind of evolved from, realising that you put enough time and effort into it, you can take it seriously and make some money out of it. Whether or not I do that's a different story, <laughs> but it's a nice, nice to talk about anyway. And you like your uh, your deep country racing is probably the element that interests me the most is your uh, your deep country racing. You're not afraid to throw one out at Albany or Esperance or, jeez, uh, where was that the other day? Mount Barker reaction? Was it Albany? Albany. That was Albany. Albany. Yeah, you're not afraid to throw one out there. So you uh, you do go a little bit uh, wide and varied with your form analysis too. Yeah, well, I think like the value comes at those types of meetings where a lot of people miss certain runs and especially for a figure punter like myself, there are figures that people don't miss and you can get the early price and often they are absolutely backed in. Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of, I think that's easier to do at meetings out well, in the middle of- the bones, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Out in the middle of nowhere where in the city, they kind of, they find them pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where I guess I, I do download every meeting around WA just purely out of interest 
and sometimes they throw a couple up that I like to get my hands on. Let's get involved. So you did mention that you're the breeding side and the bloodstock side. Um, just chatting to you, you said that, that was sort of the career path that you were considering heading down. Now you've been involved in the with the Magic Millions Healing Sales the last two or three years and you were bid spotting again with a couple of your mates, uh, Riley Caparara and Riley Morgan on um, last week. What's, uh, what was that experience like and, um, and where to now for Tommy Johnson? Um, yeah, well, basically the whole theory behind that was get involved and getting around the people that I eventually want to become. So, mm. you know, this year I threw my hand at syndicating part of a horse. So I managed to get 50% of a lovely smart missile colt and syndicated it out to a bunch of degenerate mates. Um, <laughs> the best so ones there. <laughs> that'll be a bit of fun. Um, and yeah, that is the ultimate goal is to become a bloodstock agent or run my own bloodstock company. So next year, I imagine I'll be throwing my hand up at a couple to buy outright. So very good. What? Uh, so what was your experiences of, of the yearling sales like? Um, yeah, it's great fun. You know, it's nothing better than taking money from people's hands. It's really you know you you, you kind of make your own fun in it, yelling out some random stuff and yeah, um, yeah like the. But I know it's a bit sounds strange to say, but like the buzz in the room when there's a high price lot going is, um, it's it's just different. There's mm. nothing quite like it, you know. You're looking it's around to see, around, isn't yeah, it? absolutely. And you know, I love seeing that like Simon Miller picked up the top lot from the sale, and mm. I know the interstate uh, travelers weren't quite happy about that. They yeah. thought they could steal that one for a bit cheaper, and so like I think it was eight of the top nine were went to WA or eight of the top eleven, something like that. But which is quite good for the sales. So it's good for WA racing to keep the high quality uh, horses from a breeding point of view and a pedigree um, in WA. Excellent. Terry, what did you make of the yearling sales? Did you have yourself a good time? Did you get lassoed into a share or two? Uh, I'm buying one with Marty Allen, so I will be involved with one. I've got enough with Luke and the Pierces, so I, uh, I will be involved with one with uh, with Marty Allen. Um, Did he pay 500 for it? But, uh, no, a little bit more this time. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I was probably a little bit more focused on the Geraldton racing meet, actually. I was yeah. probably the one person there that kept on flicking his head around to Sky One and uh, watching Geraldton. But no, I more just went for a day out and um, saw the lads, Riley and, um, and Tommy, um, were up there... Uh, Taking the bids and uh, yeah, it's just a good atmosphere, isn't it? Good. It's always good being around racing people and environment and a uh, uh, just an event like that. It was um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, I went on both days. Went out and sat on uh, the Steve Wolf Racing Stables table for a couple of hours on what was that the Friday day, day two? two yeah. Day two was a Friday, which was good. Trying to uh, sit there and say nothing and listen and learn, and it was uh, it was good to be yarning to a few people, but. Almost had one of the great highlights actually. I was sitting down um, typing on my laptop and this sort of this guy started walking towards me and uh, I thought, that's, that's Mike Santich, that's Magic Mike. And um, the, yeah, our cult hero. And I've, I'm sure I've spoken to Mike on the phone at some stage back in the day, but I've never actually had a face-to-face -face conversation and he was just coming straight for me. So I just assumed that he was gonna come and say hello and. Maybe even say that I had the podcast hat on and say that he appreciates this thing to the one one. Anyway, so I was getting really like excited that I was going to get, get to meet Mike Santich, walked straight up to me. And then just as I was about to say, G'day, Mike, he just kept walking straight past. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking at the guy behind me. <laughs> 
dearie, but, man. That could have been an entertaining watch if you um, <laughs> thrust the hand out and got absolutely donuts, isn't it? But next time I'm going to make a, a be, beeline to Mike because uh, he's mm. one of our favourites here at the at the one one. But it is it is a very fascinating environment to see all the heavy hitters. It's very serious. It's very serious business, yeah, and I suppose, money, I suppose there's a lot of money around. on the table, and uh, mm. it's very competitive as well. Um, I know uh, Steve Wolf was underbidder on on several horses, and um, it was yeah, it was it was tough. To, uh, tough losses to cop when you really got your heart set on that horse, and you just can't you can't um, you can't come out on top. So yeah, it's, it's it can be quite brutal. So um, but yeah, mate, it was. Um, it was a good. It's a good experience out there, isn't it? So, um, good complex. So, uh, congratulations to everyone involved in the Magic Millions yearling sales done and dusted for another year. And uh, I think it's time we move on to our preview, Terry. Yes. Make sure you catch our extended, extensive interview with gun trainer Simon A. Miller. We chatted at length about Vedetta Star, some of the great plungers he's pulled off, last week's sale topper, the Russian Revolution cult at the Perth Magic Millions Yearling Sales, as well as all the trials and tribulations of what's been an up and down season for the Miller Racing Stables, as well, not forgetting his five runners at Ascot this Saturday. It was a terrific discussion with one of the heavy hitters of WA Racing. So make sure you jump on our Twitter feed at The11Pod to catch the standalone Simon A. Miller interview or download it from where you usually grab The One One on all your major podcasting platforms. Enjoy. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Ascot 1000 Guineas Day. We're recording The One One, the West Australian Racing Podcast. It's just after 11.30 on Thursday, the 25th of February. Bunbury is in action later this afternoon. Terry, this will warm your heart. We've got a Mount Barker meeting tomorrow. Just a little. Mm, see who's going around in the fourth? Who's that? The Italian job. Is that right? Christo Sardelli. What a combination. Are you Snaggers? Oh, look, mate, we'll probably, yeah, we'll look to forgive, but I've got a price in mind that okay. I'm going to need to forgive with. But uh, pretty ordinary first up. But um, I'm expecting, uh, I haven't spoken to Dan yet, I'm expecting we'll be aggressive and look for the top uh, from the wide gate. His best should be winning it comfortably. But. Um, yeah, whether he can find his best is another story. That'll be a good start to the weekend, won't it? Get the, yeah, well, get the uh, jobby. Could be a training double, uh, an ownership double on the weekend after some of my um, tougher uh, – oh, we're getting it quiet, are we? Well, we've got, uh, we're about to start race one, oh, certainly. Point, so, uh, TK Layton might have uh, one of the great weekends. So, um, yes, Mount Barker tomorrow, Ascot on Saturday, Esperance Cup Day Oof. Sunday, Morals. and then the Labor Day long weekend – um, there's racing in the Avon Valley at York. And they often say is there's nothing Monday. like an undulating track on Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be getting involved? Is York one of your Will guys? Will I be getting involved? Hey, is York one of your guys? <laughs> Jeez, does he even know? There's a fair shit on Let's be The 46 pluses. Oh, we'd love it. Yeah, Absolutely stuff. love 46 pluses. Handicap you know, Do you know who needs to be taking his horses to these 46 pluses? And this is, I probably don't need to get too deep into this, but um, Desi Atwell, mm. horses like Long Knife who have just been belted and belted because they've won, whatever, seven, eight, nine races, keeps losing right down to the points, but he still has to go in the, uh, the open races in... Albany and Mount yeah. Barker, it's now time to take a horse to one of these 46 pluses, probably gets in on the minimum against horses carrying six more that have just won their maidens and stuff like that. So anyway, that's what I feel the trainer should be looking at. I just look at some of these horses going around thing and there are, this is the perfect meeting to get involved. So I haven't even seen the noms. I don't know if they're noms, by the way. I don't think they are. But okay. There you go. That's my little rant done. Thank you. York Monday. Mm. It's a extra long weekend of racing here mm. in Western Australia. 
Six days straight, seven days straight. And don't forget, BJ, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions. Housekeeping time. If you'd like to read my written preview, the leg up, out, uh, it was out at 7 a.m. this morning. You can jump onto bestbets.com.au and or the Ozrace website. While, don't forget, two of the stars of WA Racing, Terry Layton and Daniel Cripps, they will be teaming up for the Wild West video preview, which is available on the Betfair Hub. That is betfair.com.au. Also, the 1-1 is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And BJ, we have Tommy in, as we uh, as we have alluded to and obviously spoke to Tommy. But have we got a le- little leaderboard update? The lads, five weeks in. Are we five weeks in or four weeks in? This- I think this is week five. This is week five. So we've got three to go. So we've got uh, we've had, as I said, the, the lads have been stiff. I do think the lads have been stiff. And I do know that the last month and a half, two months, it's been a tough time for the majority of West Australian punters on a Saturday, um, unless you've got your dartboard like Brady McManus. Um, but Latham finally got us on the board last week uh, with a little collect on Pixie Chicks, yep. which amazingly got a soft lead. Like that far below bench. Really interesting. Still won really, really well. Latham was probably stiff not to go uh, back-to-back when Amasinas was chopped out in the straight as well. So that would have gone very close to winning. Um, but Latham has a slight lead, but uh, it's still anybody's to win. And uh, big three weeks to go. Tommy, looking forward to what you got today. So, yeah, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Oh, that's good. If you're, you're confidence uh, early. Yeah, so if you're new to the, new to the concept with the Young Gun uh, podcast series, attached to that is our Rising Stars punting series. Riley Dot Morgan, he was first cab off the rank. Then we've got Tommy Johnston and Latham Anderson will be joining us in the next couple of weeks as well. Yes, uh, we've got next week's Bunbury standalone, and yep. the following week will be Latham for our final week. Final week. And, yeah, so the boys are um, – and, Ma- and Marty Allen's just texted me saying, because he's uh, decided on Twitter that he wants to be part of the young gun. He looks like a young gun in all fairness. Yeah. Um, he's decided he wants to be part of the series. So Marty Allen's just decided to add his uh, his bets to the tweet. <laughs> so once the official one goes out, check out uh, check out what Marty's got for us. You reckon he was stiff with Miss Marietta last week, as <laughs> he, was. Uh, as he was, was a bit, actually. actually. Yeah, he was. Um, so, yeah, and if, you, if you're just listening to the preview edition, of course, we forgot to introduce Tommy Johnston, our guest here on episode 65 of the 1-1. Now, it's Ascot 1000 Guineas Day this Saturday. Should we get cracking on the preview, gents? Let's do it. Let's. So, yeah, Ascot, Saturday, February 27, maximum of 33. It's been a warm week in Perth, hasn't it? It's been 30 plus all week. So, um, mostly sunny again. The winds are east to southeasterly, tending southwesterly during the day. There's been no rainfall at all, but there's been plenty of uh, water applied by Chris Nation and his team. Eight metre position. Any thoughts on how the track was going to play this week, Guru? Fair, I think. Eight metres, it's been pretty fair all season long. Um, yeah, I'm going to go in with not too many uh, preconceived ideas early in the day. Uh, it always suits those close to the speed. That'll be me. Tommy, any different thoughts? Um, no, not really. I think southeastly early obviously helps leaders. Not that it makes a difference these days. It seems no. that leaders seem to kick away in first couple of races anyway. But yeah, definitely with their rail out eight. Behind the leaders, a little bit of cover certainly won't go astray and you can win from anywhere, I think. Maybe not right at the back, but that's hard enough to do in any race. So. Exactly right. All right, race one is the Glenroy Chaff Maiden. Usually we're pretty flat about these uh, Saturday Maidens, but we've got a spring in our step today, Tommy, because the mighty slug 
is going yes, around luck. for Terry Layton and some other friends of the podcast. That's now. an offensive name, isn't it? The it's slug. one of the great names, the slug. It's so, nothing to do with the breeding or anything. It's nothing to do with anything. Just one of the owners thought it was really funny and somehow it's made its way through as the name of the, uh, uh, the poor girl. Good name. Mm. Can Good she can she win the uh, the Glenroy Chaff Maiden well, Metropolitan Maiden? Well, but. of course she can win. If you ever told me the slug, we bought the slug from um, out of the uh, out of the womb. Never bought a horse that early in our life with uh, with PK Huckle, one of the uh, friends of the podcast. Very very good man, Mister Huckle, as you know. Um, very cheap purchase the slug was. A couple of my uh, close mates are involved, and um, just to get her to the races after she went through about four trainers before she even trialed has been. Um, Quite an effort. So to be one of the fancies for a Saturday race, albeit probably not the strongest Saturday race we're ever going to see. It's uh, it's really exciting for us, nonetheless. But um, yeah, she can um, just to answer your question. Yes, she can win. I believe. Um, uh, we've always been waiting for her to get up to the mile. I messaged Luke on Monday. I said, "Mate, it's extended noms for that little maiden because we weren't going to nom um, because she raced on Sunday. We're going to save her for next week." And I thought, "Geez, we're probably going to have to nom and just have a look at the uh, at the field." But um, no, he said she's pulled up an absolute treat. He has confirmed she'll be starting to me this morning. Um, absolutely no doubt. We're glad we're nommed. She's very happy. Six days. First time she's passed 1,300, but we've been saying we're not going to be able to win a race till we get to that mile. If you go back simplistically on. Um, Comparative form. The slug and yard man sprinted together over the twelve hundred meters on the twentieth of January, and the slug was just just a different horse to yard man, a couple of lengths better. I do think the conditions of this race are far more in yard man's favour. In all fairness, um, and I'd probably yard man would just about probably be one of my better bets of the day if I wasn't um, a little bit biased towards the slug. I'd suggest, but look, I think yard man gets to the top, rolls along. I think his last effort, while it doesn't look all that impressive to be beaten two lengths drama-free, I think he was chopped out at the top of the straight. Drama-free had a race-winning lead by that stage. Yardman looks the type. I think he'll get to the top, run along, be super hard to catch. Um, I've got the slug in the 1-1 on the back of Molly McGee, BJ. So we're hoping Molly McGee can give a bit of a kick after uh, after she had a, a pretty good hit out at her first go over this type of trip last time out. But, um, yeah, look, I think Yardman gives a big, strong kick, very hard to run down. But um, I think the slug... If we can get the back of Molly McGee, we'll be chasing hard and looking for a chink in Yardman's armour, BJ. Tommy? Um, similar thoughts. To be honest, it wasn't a race where it overly sparked my interest, but I did come down to a race in two, as the market kind of suggests. I mean, I think Trisorum and Molly McGee are a bit short in my prices. Um, so ultimately, it's a question of how far away the leaders can kick around that bend early on. And I think if... Yardman does get it soft as it look it looks like it will. Um, he may just put two lengths, two and a half lengths on the slug, and I'm not sure the slug's legs can move fast enough to catch him. But <laughs> either way, I won't be invested, so I don't mind. For your sake, Terry, I'd love for you to get up. Thanks, uh, mate. For you the can come back <laughs> for the owner's sake of Yardman who paid up. 190. I would love for them to win. But yeah, they probably drew a collect, aren't they? I don't think the rest of these can beat them. And for horses like Data Lake and Pyro, I think they're running thin on thin ice. Yeah, Tommy and uh, BJ as well. I need your assistance here because uh, the lads are going to ask me what's an acceptable punt price for the slug. And I often find it difficult to uh, to mark my own runners. It's usually I'm usually negatively biased towards them in my markets. Um, but I've marked... With Yardman with the soft lead, knowing how Ascot plays early with leaders being really suited, I've marked Yardman $2.50. And 
40 cents the slug a tick over four bucks in a 97 percent market we're currently talking 270 yard men which is obviously a little bit of a bet price but geez you, you barely want to play i mean you, you feel a bit dirty taking 270 yard man even though i think she i think you'll start shorter mm. um and then you've currently got 380 the slug how have you guys got it am i am i telling the lads we take the 380 or are we going to show some patience which i think well i'm i'm 280 yard man five dollars mm. the slug okay that's my that's my market this morning i expect there to be lots of money for yard man there was Pretty well supported last Saturday. Mm -hmm. I think if he holds up in front last Saturday rather than getting crossed, probably wins. Uh, Chris Parnham, I doubt, will be making the same mistake again. Interesting run out for me from a map point of view is Regal Sun. Does it lead uh, with Keshaw Duran on board or do they hand up? If Yardman crosses Regal Sun and leads, pff, I don't know, it's just about game over, I think. Uh, BJ, Tommy's a permanent replacement for you. I'll be cheering for this. Look. What was your uh, what was your market? Um, I had a two fifty yard man and three ten the slug. Oh, very Ooh. tight to a ninety percent market. Yeah. So slug's just a better bet for you. The four bucks here. It, it absolutely is on paper, and we'll leave like it at that. that I think. Yeah, on paper. Um, <laughs> I give the rest none. To be honest, oh, Molly, yeah, I've got marked eight, but I probably wouldn't take sixteen yeah. for it. So um, and try some. I've got fourteen or however mm -hmm. you pronounce it. So. I think if you saw five or four fifty, even for the slug, then it's a consideration. However, it's not one of mine, the, and I'm not heavily invested in maidens, especially only, on Saturday. The only thing I will say is that they don't mind supporting Molly McGee. You know, so they don't mind supporting the slug either. Yeah, Who's back in the slug. Like, what what profile do we have to be back? We don't have big numbers. I reckon, I reckon the corporates have like an ownership. Where they, <laughs> they just see TK Leighton in the ownership, and then they just sort of. Oh, bang dude, it in. Man. Well, it doesn't matter what price she starts. I'll probably be backing her late. So I took a little bit of Brad's three ten yard man to uh, to chop the race, and then the plan will be to have. Uh, uh, all the profits um, from that on, on the slug or what profits I would make from that on the slug. That's going to yeah. be the, the plan for the so race. But just yeah, with the money that's been coming from Molly McGee, it might mean that the, the price sort of holds up sluggish. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Gonna I'm definitely wait. waiting. Risk versus reward at 380. It does start 330, so bad, but there's a chance we get 530. Oh, yeah. So risk versus reward might lose 50 cents, could gain $1.52. bucks. So definitely waiting on the slug, but um, Yardman is my selection for getting ownership. Yardman's my selection. Clearly. Also my selection. Okay. Okay. Race two is the Vale John Martino handicap, 1,800 metres. It was a 72 plus, but they couldn't get a top weight, so it's actually a 69 plus if you're, if you're looking at the ratings, um, the, the internal handicappers ratings here. Mm. I'm trying to work out the scale. It's a 69 plus. All interest here will be the speed map. Mm -hmm. We have... Noted front runners, bow count. That's funny as our idol has been going forward. Juicing carrots doesn't mind. Carrots doesn't mind going forward. And Blazing Kazar led them up at Bunbury the other day. For me, it's a um, it's a fascination to see whether they bang out bow count or whether they take a sit and trail. That's funny as. How do you see the speed map playing out, Tommy? Uh, well, I did have that's funny as uh, going forward. Um, whether or not they can cross Bo Count is another question. So if Bo Count does choose to go forward, then I think they'll slot in behind it because they will be running along, mm -hmm. I imagine. And that's funny as won't be opposed to running along. Last start, they ran on at uh, quite high figures to the 600 and she managed, she, he, he managed to kick away. Um, and then in behind, I thought Juicing Carrots will look to stay outside of Blazing Kazar. Uh, and then our idol was the horse. I just couldn't map in any suitable position because I I dare say they're not going to want to punch it out and get in that speed battle early, which might land them three deep for a little bit. 
I think they find cover at some point, but for that reason, I've had to sting our idol a little bit um, and then phone me and uh, who have I got behind them? That would be one of the other two horses that shouldn't be in the race in mm. Doc Fryer, who is criminally there, in this race. Um, uh, yeah, I've got them sitting behind them. So I ended up with uh, phone me quite considerable top pick and well below the market is now. Okay. It's, I, did, um, I did as well. I'll be interested to hear what Terry has to say. Well, first of all, Petey McCormick, a uh, friend of the podcast. We're due to get Pete back on yes. as well, actually. Um, yeah, he made a very good point on Twitter this morning about why these two, uh, Blazing Gazar and Doc Fryer, aren't in the 60-plus rather than the 69-plus. The they're, uh, they're just going to get in the way. But um, no, really interesting stuff. I have no doubt planning wise that Bocan will want to lead. Um, and that's funny. It's probably want the same spot. To me, it's just whether Bocan has the early toe to uh, hold out. That's funny as. That, that'll be the key here. So I I think that's funny as can cross bow count and bow count then pops out to the breeze. Mm-hmm. That's how I think it'll end up running. Uh, Blazing Kazar will end up um, on the back of that's funny as. And I'm a little bit, I love with Tommy and what he's just said there at sea. People will look and just go, all right, our idol barrier four, that'll get the run of the race. Won't even look any deeper. And uh, while I probably somewhat disagree with Tommy that I think our idol can probably have a bit more early gate speed than juicing carrots and find that spot on the back of bow count. I love the fact that he's potentially mapping a horse three deep or finding trouble from barrier four, but that's looking properly and deeply into a map. And actually I really enjoy that. So, um, yeah, if our idol does find the one, one juicing carrots, they like to stay off the fence with juicing carrots. Might even, I don't know, juicing carrots is a different horse every every single week. Sometimes yeah. he um, he pings the gate, sometimes he doesn't. But look, I think the key to this race is the first 100 metres. If that's funny as crosses bow count, um, you've then got bow count breeze, Blazing Kazar back at the leader. That's just two old-fashioned road, like two absolute roadblocks. Blazing Kazar's gone a long way from home. Bow count, I don't think we'll be able to go with that's funny as with the 53 when she asked for the efforts, um, when Carleen asked for the effort. With 600 to go, that means phone me has to start circling him quite early on um, with the 58. So, look, I, I'm going to go slightly different. Um, I'm going to back in that's funny as to get a crossbow count early um, and um, and run him into the ground and use those two roadblocks as uh, uh, to his favour, basically. Uh, I think phone me will be the, the popular runner, so I'm hoping we can see something closer to 354 bucks. That's funny as late. Okay. Interesting that the last time that's funny as was at Ascot 1800 metres, month between runs, 1400 yeah. to 18, led all the way and Divine beat Shadow. Divine Shadow. Mm-hmm. So almost an identical setup because uh, Jane McNaught rode that day and she was claiming at the time. So that might have even been like one of her last major goes, winners. It goes really well off these longer breaks. Usually it's 30 odd days. This one's only 21. Yeah. It this, goes really well. This is well. the stuff you were talking about last week about the unconventional mm-hmm. stuff and what, what trainers' capabilities are. like, it's That's funny as he's been able to do this before. And was, yeah, probably, I've done it with it, several of his runners too. This horse is probably in better form mm-hmm. than the last time it did it. So I can understand the support for That's Funny As, especially with the 56 minus three for Carleen Heffel and just the strength of his all the way Pinjaro win the other day. Like he just, he was one like a fair horse. So um was I think the track that day suited so, those running along out in front. Yeah, um, it was a good. Four, I think there was a few roadblocks in that race too. There was, there was. It was a good four, but I think it played more like a soft six type mm. thing. It just didn't look a, a happy bit of turf. I didn't think, guys. But um, which way are you leaning, Bojo? I'm keen phone me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, I, I, I think they're just going to because of the the speed in this race. I think they're just going to have to be a bit more positive than last start, um, where it sort of just flopped out and. 
Um, perhaps didn't expect living the dream to roll along as quickly as it did and then created this huge sort of um, lucky band effect, rubber band effect, where he was just sort of a bit touch outside of, of a striking position. Um, but, geez, it hit the line hard. Um, figures were good. Um, I just think Chris Parnham were obviously clever enough to know that that's funny as is the horse to beat. With weight, won't want to be uh, too far away from that's funny as. I think they'll be a little bit more positive. Hopefully they can. Do you reckon the key to this race, and it's all, uh, would you still want to be on phone main if that's funny as crosses with a degree of ease by count early? Would you still want to be on phone main? Absolutely. You would? Yes. Do you think you can sustain a run around him with horses stopping back on him? That, that's what I find really interesting about this race. Well, if that, say Bo Count does hold up and that's funny, as is in the breeze, I'd probably take even money, phone me. Yeah. But unfortunately, we can't punt 100 metres into the race. I was really keen to phone me. I was really keen to phone me. That's a live betting. And I was like, I was 230, phone me. Yep. I was really keen. I just thought the, that's funny, as just won't necessarily get everything its own way out in front, which is the, which, and Bo Count. That's the key. Bo-Count that's the whole the, key to the this, race. That's it. Yeah. If, if that's, if, if they, if, Bo, if Ryan Hill says on, you know what, today we're just going to track, that's funny as, then it's. Or uh, pop like, out straight to the breeze. Yeah, that makes things, that makes mm-hmm. things a challenge for, uh, Jeez, for phone me. As of that's funny as punt, you'd cop a two cent deduction to see Bo Count come out, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Mm. That's but that, that is the key to this race, yeah. the first hundred meters. I, I think if that's funny as crosses Bo Camp, it's over. And I think if that's funny as doesn't cross Bo Camp, it's over the other way. Yeah. So um yeah, really, really interesting stuff. And it'll be interesting how people look at these maps, but we are expecting the strong money for phone me, guys. Uh yeah, yeah. I've got it marked two ten. So yep. quite short. Once again to ninety percent. Um, I think last start it was clearly that unlucky. Like a best of the day type thing, top Tommy. Oh, he's jumping the gun. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. He's up too. <laughs> um, I think last start he was obviously caught napping, shall we call it, Chris? And mm-hmm. I think he'll learn from his mistake. He will just stay off the fence um, at all costs. He might not be able to, but I think that will be the plan. And if he does find that, I think he'll know the horse he's got under him that it probably does want to get to the outside around the 500 meter mark and get around those. So shall we call them slow ones, mm-hmm. um, talentless horses. Um, <laughs> and from there, I think if he's within talentless. <laughs> three lengths or three or four lengths of that's funny as, I think he's got the turn of foot to uh, run him down. Mm-hmm. So that, for me, it was yeah. quite obvious Find me. That last line form looks enormous. Um, has a 1800 meter Flemington placing to his name as well, phone me, has been stretched out to 2,000 metres before and there is a bit of mail going around that they might be heading towards the Bunbury Cup. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. That is the pl- That was the plan four weeks ago and I imagine that is still the plan. So, yeah, for me, phone me, 2.30, pretty short, currently around 2.90. Actually, the 2.90, 290. Three bucks across the board. Yeah, three bucks yeah, across so the board. Yeah, so it's a bet for both of you. Yeah. I've marked that's funny as favourite, so I'm a yep. little bit different here. But um, having this chat has definitely um, solidified my opinion to be having a um, be having a late bet. But uh, I'll only be getting serious. Um, I'll only be getting serious if um, bow counter comes out, which mm. is pretty unlikely, I'd say. Okay. Uh, before we go ahead, I would just like to make one of my uh, two bets for the oh, day. Oh, here we go. Yes. Um I would like to have 50 wins on phone me. Ah, he wants to get off the mark. Yes, I do. I'm stopping everything else. I'm like, I'm going to double my investment on that's funny. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Bit of of bat on ball. All right, Tommy J. We've also got one here for Latham Anderson. That's a horse I actually wanted to touch on as well, so I'm glad Latham has tipped this one. Juicing Carrots, $15 each way. Juicing Carrots was huge on a cold rail. Um, 
in a 78 plus behind Harry Thomas last in line. Friar S. Montalina. Um, I thought Juicing Harris went super when sitting outside of um, Corporate Larrikin in the race won by Rash and Harley. Two starts ago, Mitch had to work to get there. Um, before that was was the Perth Cup. Before that, ran third in a um, in a uh, listed ATA, and before that, beat MTA over the eighteen hundred. The key with Juicing Carrots is a bit of room in running, as Tommy alluded to. Will probably look to hold the outside of Blazing Kazar because they don't want him hemmed away. But um, tell you what, nearly twenty one. When Brad McManus, I think, went up uh, six bucks this morning, I marked him closer to ten. But um, yeah, the near twenty to one currently around is um, is definitely probably a bet for me as well. Actually, Latham. So. Um, yeah, I don't mind that. 15 each way. Latham Anderson on Juicing Carrots and 50 wins on, find me, the TJ. Just uh, that ATA stakes that you were talking about, mm-hmm. Terry. Juicing Carrots ran third to a horse by the name of Nerf Bosk. Mm. And we didn't quite get an opportunity in our no. preamble to mention what's happening at Flemington on Saturday. So just a quick run through for people who aren't aware. Friend of the podcast and former 1-1 guest. Brad Parnham, he is riding at Flemington on Saturday for his father, Neville. He's got three rides. He is on board Platoon in the in race three, the Shaftesbury Avenue, which is a group three. Then he is aboard Indian Pacific down the straight thousand, the Bob Hoisted Handicap. Uh, that is race five. And then Nerf Bosk, the horse that we just mentioned, he is going around in the Blamey Stakes, which is a uh, group two, $200,000 race. That's race six on the day. So good luck to Brad Parnham and Neville Parnham going over there to uh, take on the big guns at Flemington. And of course, uh, the wizard, Sir William Pike, he's got six mounts on the day, highlighted by Dom to shoot in the group one, Kennedy Australian Guineas, that's race seven, $1 million race. Dom Deschutes had one run over there and Victoria went good. He's got Barrier 7 for William Pike. So good luck to all our uh, West Australian racing participants that are in action at Flemington on Saturday. Mm, the lads always uh, don't really tune over for the Eastern States racing unless we've got uh, on the lads going around. So, uh, yeah, excited to see how they uh, go. All right, race number three, the uh, Amelia Park handicap. There's a, a, a key claim. Key claim coming up later. Isn't it? I'm just <laughs> glad you didn't make me uh, uh, enter. Open up that one. Amelia Park handicap, 1,800 metres. Uh, interesting little 60-plus um, handicap here. Tommy, do you have any major thoughts on this race? And uh, more importantly, I might actually ask your opinion on a uh, on what looks to be a sticky speed map. Who do you have going forward? Can you um, pinpoint a leader for me? Uh, I believe so. Because okay. um, I can't. Asymmetric, mm. I found, finding the rail from eight, which I think gives Chris Parnham the opportunity to follow him across from 10 and sit outside of the lead in the breeze. So that's how I ended up. And I think Hyperspace will look to kick along the rail and sit leaders back. And a horse like Melarab, I actually landed in the 1-1 one, one quite mm. interestingly. And the rest, I kind of figured they can sort themselves out. Probably Sawar. Um, two back, one off. And I'm actually kind of half made a little prediction that Sawa will make a mid-race move because mm-hmm. I can't see them going very fast. So that's how I saw it playing out. Yep. No, I'd, 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 I'd the exact same, Matt. Yep, I think that's fairly uh, fairly accurate. The big the big one there and um, is the Queen Takes King Muff uh, going outside of the breeze. You think they're probably thinking 
one of the best horse here on the short backup. Um, there's a lot of people going to look at the fact he couldn't get past. Uh, she couldn't get past designer Prince um, a week ago, 10 days ago. But you have to look at the fact she hadn't had a run for 40 days. Um, she was up to the 2,000. I think there was a big case to be made to take her on that day, and this was probably going to be the target race, second, uh, well, second up off the the little freshen up at least. So, um, yeah, Queen takes King rolling forward from Barrier Ten. It's 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 a first or last top setup here for Chris yeah. Barnum, isn't it? So. I thought I heard something Chris Barnum talking to Scotty Embry post race about something yesterday, and I, I was I thought he was referencing Queen takes King, but I could be could be mistaken about maybe riding her a bit more patiently because she was a bit close. The other day, but yep. that might have been. Do you know what it will be, BJ? It'll be a game of chess, won't it? Yeah, it will be absolutely. Terry, well, that might not be Western Empire. Maybe I was because uh, I reckon that I, I reckon that I, I didn't listen to it, but yeah. my thought is that pulled its head off. But we'll get to that later. But I think that yeah, might get be the chess joke. By the way, before yeah, we move on, you got the chess joke. Just make sure. Did, did we do, we did the Queen's Gambit thing? Yeah, yeah, done the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a chess star in primary school. Actually, always ran second to Johnny Chum. Always had the better of me, but um, yeah, damn to Johnny Chum. Yeah, no, always had the always had the better of me, but I usually ran a good second. Yeah, yeah, there was no each way betting available in primary school, unfortunately. Did you watch the Queen's Gambit? Did very yeah, good. good. Yeah, you seen very it? good. I've never seen it. Yeah, worthwhile. Recommend. Outstanding TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, the <laughs> Queen's take Queen takes King. That was that was the that was the major piece on the board. And um, does he go forward? Does he go back? If he goes forward, lands outside leader on a uh, softish tempo, which asymmetric you would imagine will be scooting along. Not first up thirty five days. Uh, gee whiz, it's going to be well positioned, isn't? Isn't she? And if they do go back. How far away from the other major winning chances does that leave Queen takes King? And does she have the closing speed to get it done from there? Fascinating early part of the race. Yeah, and if she does go forward, does she have the capabilities to – she's never really raced forward before. And um, does she have the capability to sit in the breeze and kick clear um, off a little freshen up second up 1800 as well? So I think you're brave taking the $3.30. Me Queen too. Takes King. I think that's a, a slightly under the odds. Not not that I want to be taking her on too heavily here, but um, Melorab Hyperspace, leaders back 1-1 one, is exactly how I had it too, yeah. Tommy. Um, and they're the two runners I really probably want to focus on here, BJ. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you here. I'm keen Hyperspace. Yeah, yeah. I'm big Hyperspace too, actually. I, price-wise, I mean, it, I think we'll get better than the $6 currently available. I think there'll be some money for So War and um, Queen Takes King. But um, Hyperspace is in career best form. If you go back very simply through Hyperspace's last few runs, three back, uh, got shuffled back through the field, end up finishing on the heels of Book Bar. Ted and Barra Magic in uh, in fourth place. I thought that was a super run for a horse who probably does um, his best work between 16 and 1800. Then went to Mount Barker, went okay. I'm... I'm, I'm happy to not look too deep into the, the race where they have to travel six, seven, eight hours in a float. So when I ride at Mount Barker and then last start got held up on the back of uh, the leader, then got held up on the back of the escort um, when running on nicely um, behind Bella's Idol. The escorts made that form look pretty good last week, running second to Saucy. Jack. No doubt Tommy Johnson found Saucy Jack. Well, I, I hope somebody <laughs> nah. oh, did. I haven't met somebody that's found Saucy Jack as yet, but um, – yeah, I just think hyperspace. The key for hyperspace here is if you end up on the back of Asymmetric, who off 35 days might get tired early, you just got to get off at the right time, peel off into the back of Queen Takes King if that's in the breeze. And um, yeah, I think hyperspace can win, but $6 is bare bones. I've got hyperspace 520 and got Melorab the same price. So the 10 bucks Melorab, you can just forget the last run. Um, Melorab hasn't been given many charmed passages mm. in running this time in, but the 10 bucks Melorab I think is a pretty good price for a horse they like to back as well, PJ. I was $6 hyperspace. Um, I, I took the exact same line as what you did, Terry. 
through the uh, Escort and Bella's Idol in that um, February 10 race. Just got just got held up at a crucial stage and twice as well. Yeah, and just had to always bolting and, as well, wasn't it? Picked up underneath, yeah. which is always a, a good sign. And from one fifty four point five, Lucy's just going to put hyperspace in the spot. That was he doesn't win sixty six plus, so yeah. he was five points out of his. Well, yeah. that day he was seven points out of his grade. Yeah, he doesn't win uh, nah. very often. Hyperspace He's a hard horse to catch, and I've been searching for him for a while now. I reckon I found him. This is his race. Six dollars hyperspace. I'm with Terry. I reckon. Is that enough? We uh, marked him six. Marked him six. Do we wait? I think we wait. wait yeah. Yep. yeah, I think we wait. There'll be some money for so uh, Money Por- for Furio is a big raider. Yeah. I was actually on last start um, at Bunbury, but that was such a perfect setup. They went 10 lengths above bench. Kiora Star led. Kiora Star's got a little arc. Should I know? Was it Kira Star? Yeah, same colours. And, um, yeah. No, no, no apology. apology Three wide, no cover this time. Of the, the sanctuary yeah. carting out Porfirio, so entitled to really do that. But the three kilos of Christie is a bit of a gift at the moment because she's riding super. She's um, doing good. Yeah, can win, can definitely win. But I think the four bucks is a little bit thin for me. Yeah, I've got hyperspace to knock off Queen Takes King. I'm expecting improvement from Sowar. I reckon that there's going to be a few runs out of that Pinjara meeting, which you're just going to have to just put just put a straight line through because there was a. Some odd stuff going on down there at that standalone Magic Millions Day yep. with the track and with some maybe some lanes. I'm not sure, but forget Sirwar went around. He won uh, 1,800 metres Ascot, two starts to go off a softish tempo. He will appreciate another softish tempo, wheeling into the race three and four wide. Sirwar can be running on the finish, but I think this is the race for hyperspace. Could be a big day for impressive, impressive racing. Uh, I was $12 Melora. Oh, okay. Mm. A bit longer. Uh, Tommy, which way are you landing? Um, I ended up with Queen Takes King on top mm-hmm. and am happy to take it on. Yep. Um, I really don't like it. Um, I did my best to get it a bit longer, but I try and be somewhat honest with how I rate a horse and I do have mm-hmm. it four bucks, but I wouldn't take sixes. So um, I ended up with asymmetric second pick just purely because of the soft map. Mm-hmm. I think they walk and in my mind, I think it's there's a chance something goes to take it on at about the 1,000. I've thought Sawah would be the one to do that because I do see them going quite slow up front here. I think McGrady um, might be a little bit gun-shy after he took off with Eurasia. I don't know. Did uh, don't know whether he um, – I don't think that would have been the instructions. Um, well, they might have been. I'm not sure. But uh, I worry whether McGrady might be a little bit gun-shy. I do think Sawah will make an early move from the six or so. Or look to, if they're not going um, too quick, which will yeah. for the six. But sometimes a jockey can be a little bit gun-shy after mm. making a move like that and uh, coming unstuck to some degree after a big betting move too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I had asymmetric 560, as I said, which is mm. a disgusting price considering it's definitely not a 560 shot outside the box um so that would be my top selection in that sense and i give it some hope but the 35 days between runs doesn't particularly spruik my interest and i mean it has performed well off 22 days just needs a trainer that can get him to perform little breaks like that too so So, and i mean yeah a few running well um most notably the one last week behind time to sizzle and mood swings etc um we ripper yeah, ex- they're Why going not? a bit of a breakup. Why not? Yeah, you're kidding me. So they're going all right. <laughs> I had hyperspace 740. Um, I don't, what is it, six now? So definitely couldn't back that. And Melorav, I have 950. It's around that mark. I gave Porfirio none here. I just don't think they're going to go quick enough. I can't see Bennett being positive enough to really put it into the race. And as you said last start, they went so fast up front, it was just genuinely entitled to run over the top of them. I'd be more worried if it didn't. Um, so I'm happy to take it on. I've got that around the $14 mark and it's nowhere near that. So for me, asymmetric top pick for argument's sake. 
And just a quick gear, like quick, quick, just a quick gear change as well. Scintillating bubble cheeker on. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a lot stronger. I actually was really happy with what I tweeted because in the end that could have been a lot stronger word. I just did my ass on scintillating to run a place. And I'm like, you're kidding me. There was a gear change. They're telling us after the race. So oh, typical me. This is, this, is tw- this is on the Twitter platform. Yeah, it's on the Twitter just without me going, oh, thanks for letting us know about the gear change after the race. And then I realized the gear change was actually for Saturday. The horse was on a three-day backup. So who looked like a goose? I looked like a goose, BJ. Did you own it though, Terry? I did own it, yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to own things. So, um, yeah. It's all, it's all about owning things, isn't it? I was going <laughs> to make a joke. Taking, taking, yeah, taking taking responsibility. If you make an error, if you make an error. You know, so anyway, um, I'm not going to count. It's going to go. I'm not going to go there. Anyway, race number four. This is an interesting race, Tommy, and I'm looking forward to getting your opinion on um, the Great Southern Lynx Fangio here over the 1600 meters. Roy Rogers, the stable, who's uh, he just can't train a winner. He's trying to train, uh, trying to train losers, uh, but he can't. That's how well he's going at the moment. Uh, Fangio comes to town. 3.2, 4.6, 4.1. Margins of victory at the last three. Does he come to town? Does she come to town? Sorry, Tommy. And uh, does she knock them off? Um, basically, I have one question mark in the race, and it's who lands 1-1. One, one. So the spot, I couldn't map a horse. And I think it's between two. I think no apology or Fangio, one of them will try and take that spot. Uh, I personally think it's no apology, and I've got Fangio going back from the gate. I think you'll regret it straight away. Because I think it's quite an easy map for a horse like Seminole Brave and My Greek Boy, who I think will just naturally find the top. I can't you see My Greek Boy breezing. No, Brave? no, I have it in the breeze. Okay. I think Seminole Brave will uh, Seminole Brave will try and find the front and hold the rail. Mm-hmm. Bj, again, this is there's so, there's so many maps here. I'm really interested to hear your guys' thoughts because I'm I'm on the fence here. I think My Greek Boy has been jumping quick enough. There's just Quicker horses over the first half couple yeah. hundred meters. I've I think Seminole Brave I've, would prefer leaders back, wouldn't it? I reckon Seminole Brave leads. No apology outside leader. That's yeah, that's, that's very good. Mm. That's got no apology going forward as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the reason Carleen was on last start. I think they wanted to go forward. They tried going yeah, forward. They, they just went enough. so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think no apology is probably the horse to beat here. Just about to be well, honest. Well, if if you're if okay, so if I'm in the no apology camp, how am I going to beat? Like if you if you're taking this weapon like form from Albany Fangio. You're gonna. Is it weapon like? If, if <laughs> well, it's winning, winning, winning. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, as, yeah. as well as any horse for, in the region, right? Yeah, it's, it's valid. Yeah, so that's Albany form, right? So this horse gets back and it's got a really powerful, sort of sustained, sort of six eight hundred meter burst. If you're on no apology, if, if you're not being positive early, how do you expect to beat Fangio, especially with the three kilo claiming apprentice on board? You gotta you gotta take your advantages here. No apology can roll forward. I think it's led him one at Belmont before. Yes. Uh yeah, soft yeah. lead that day. I remember that. That was a bit of a few question marks thrown up that day with how soft the lead was after yeah. a bit of a betting move. So no apology for mine has to go forward. Uh 54.5. Um put put yourself in the race and make them beat you. How good was um no apology last start? Wasn't that something? Just said the the cloth part of the clap cat fly in the straight as well. I don't know why. It really caught my attention. And, it was, and it was home too, wasn't it? It was home. Oh, home yeah. Thank God. That was probably the last one I right back to think for Furious. So thank God for um um, what was I going to say? Uh, I can't remember I going to say. Fangio. Interesting. The one thing I want to discuss here with the horse coming to town, which makes it far difficult. We've seen Big Butter Boom come to town. We've seen several others. It's a massive advantage when your horse leads when coming to town. So Fangio's going to – I've got Fangio probably back uh, dead last, to be honest with you, because uh, no apology is the only one drawn outside of her. So no apology goes forward. Well, we're expecting her to go forward. The Fangio camp will be hoping that um, my Greek boy – 
breezes and um and then three deep no cover is no apology and they'll be hoping to get in that train that they'll be hoping that's how it unfolds i don't i don't have it unfolding that way but that's that's what they'll be hoping um if that if that occurs fanjo will be in that type of trail but it's hard to visit come to ascot and then round them up like he has been doing at albany it's a different setup you look at that last start cessational would be would get beaten 10 lengths here and cessational um like they were, they were bunching on the turn so fanjo was always going to win that race Trudenzia took a sit and there was nothing else in that bracelet the previous effort um it was the same type of thing they were already bunching on the turn got us chosen from last um came late and then even the, the previous run the angles hasn't franked that form either so you can only beat what's in front of you and i'm not trying to knock the fanjo form down there she looks a, a serious racehorse but it is a lot harder coming from last and circling a field of seminole braves no apologies um, even forgiving Paris and George, a lot harder circling those type of runners forgiving at, giant leap as well. at Ascot. Yeah. Exactly right. So, um, now look, gee, I, I would have no surprise. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Roy Rogers bring another uh, potential start of town and win, but um, we've got to look to take on Fanjo at the current price, I think. Can't win. I'll go with can't win can't for win. Fanjo. That's all we want. Um, I'm happy, I've am narrowed it down to the two in Seminole Brave and no apology. I think no apology sits 1-1. One, one. It's a bit of a stretch, but sometimes I just get set in my mindset mm-hmm. that a jockey will BJ find a spot. Yeah, I've, I've, he's, she's absolutely ramming that in the 1-1. One, one. Um, and from there, I think it's a matter of by this stage of the day, I think they'll start to play more fair, the track, and 1-1 one, one might just be the perfect place to be. And it was went so well last start that, I mean, it's easy to see why it's a chance in this. And I've got it marked 5-10 at 6. I've got Seminole Brave marked 3-90 and it's... Four, I think. Mm. So they're both players. I probably won't back Seminole Brave on its own. I'll probably play the Quinella and back No Apology. Yep, I like that. Yeah, it's an interesting race playing wise. I've got it pretty similar. I think I'm about 360 Seminole Brave, five bucks, no apology. But yeah, in, in saying that, I, I struggle to definitively mark this market. I, I think I'm prefer I, I think I need to go deeper again. There's a chance I'd probably have no apology in front of Seminole Brave even with that claim. So from a betting point of view, I don't know what to do. Do I hold off and wait and hope Fangio money comes strong? Um we'll get a better price, Seminole Brave, no apology. Do I just save Seminole, make no apology my result? Um to be honest, I'm not too sure. Really happy taking on Giant Leap uh, of 40 odd days. Don't think it's as good as we uh, we thought it was. Losers Pike Ramoli, Carberry goes on. That's that's no major um, negative Carberry going on. Um, but I just don't know if Giant Leap's as good as we we think uh, we think he is. And the fact he's off 40-odd days, it's just... It's just 21. Is he 40 days? It's 21. It's Pinjara. Three weeks. His last good run was 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, he's coming off an average one. So I was thinking of the wrong horse. Um, yeah, he's coming off an average one. Um, and even if you go back True. to his run... Uh, at Ascot, the prior start, um, he did go well that day, but I feel he's a horse that uh, starts under the odds continuously. So um, look, I'm, I'm happy taking him on. I'm happy taking Fangio on. And if my Greek boy's 13 bucks, top weight in a race at Ascot, you know that it's, uh, it isn't a, uh, a very strong event. So Dutching, Seminole Brave, no apology um, with you, Tommy. I think Fangio will win and win well. Um, I think oh, I think she's been just been the dominant horse in the Great Southern this season. I just put my if if this was a wolf horse coming to town, I would be thinking this is this is just about moral. Um, Fangio, it's, it's uh, you can't do any more than it's done. Um, Chris Parnham, the good jock, stays on board. That's uh, a good tell, isn't it? Because he would have been off a giant leap. Yeah. So, and I just just feel like. Yeah, the, you can go through the horses that it's it's beaten, it's beaten, but it's done it with weight. It's run time. Um, it's just demolished them. I, 
any horse coming out of the Great Southern, I don't coming to town hasn't raced better than doesn't have better credentials than Fangio this season anyway. So you can't do any more than what she's done. I reckon they might have left it one run too late to come to town because um, she's getting up in the weights already. She hasn't even won in won a metro race yet. But uh, Fangio for me, I reckon, is going to sit back, curled up, get tracked into the race, and just go whack Fangio. I was two sixty. Yep. Yeah, really. She'll be, Fangio will be a horse that uh, polarizes opinions yep. here. And um, look, to be honest, at the six bucks, 420, the, the two of them aren't a big bet for me, Seminole Bro. No apologies. So, as a, just a purist, I'm looking forward to actually watching this race more than anything, guys. So, Tommy, you're the same? Dutching? Uh, yes. Those two. Happy to take on Fangio. All right. I like it. Last time I took on. Um, a raider, it was big butter boom, and I was beat the bro, and BJ got the chocolates. <laughs> so hopefully uh, it doesn't occur again. But you know what it is time for now, BJ? It's time for the uh, the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Competition. That is correct, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener. I think Terry might have even run into Butchie at the yearling sales on Thursday. Did. And, good uh, and um, interesting story. He put his hand up for a horse. I can't remember what lot number it was. Uh, it might have been 33,000. He um, then ducked off to work at the Mundaring that night. The next day I saw him and he was white as a ghost. And I said, what happened, Butchie? What's the go? And he goes, I told my wife that I just bought that horse and she wasn't overly impressed. So he was spending the rest of the day trying to, <laughs> trying to syndicate his uh, his gingerbread man yearling. So good luck with that uh, purchase, Butchie, and I hope things are all right on the home front. But, uh, yes, uh, very good fun out of, the, out of the yearling sales. At the Mundaring, though, feed, flutter, froffies, big decks, all happening, family atmosphere. Go up, check it out. Congratulations to episode 64, WA Racing Mastermind winner, Tim Coucher. I think that's two times now for Tim. Coucher. Congratulations. That $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the post. So to be crowned this week's Mastermind for episode 65, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. Very Tommy. Tom's only a youngster, so I've kept it very recent. Stitched, uh, stitched Riley up with a couple of ones. I don't think he was born yet. Was only, so. yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he's only born a few yeah. weeks. He wouldn't even know his driver's license. Would you, Tommy? Me? Yeah. Nah, grow up. <laughs> grow up. Question one. What horse did CJP, Clint Johnston-Porter, and Adam Durant team up with to win last year's Lex Piper Stakes? Question two. Name the last Lex Piper Stakes victor to go on and win the WATC Derby of the same year. Um, battling early. Don't have to look too far back. Question number three. Name the jockey and trainer who combined to win last year's Ascot Thousand Guineas with Lord with Lonsdale Lady. One of the great days for the guru. That's the last winner I tipped, I think. I think Pete McCormick still got footage of you run, running down the Ascot ledger. Still paying off my bar tab from the QT rooftop bar that night. I spent more than I won. Uh, it's, good, it's good to be right though, isn't it? Uh, question four. Lou Luciani and Jason Whiting. Geez, they're a bloody good old combination, aren't they? The old firm, master and uh, apprentice. They won the 2018 Ascot 1000 Guineas with what filly? 
I've had a tough time here. Oh, I missed that last question. I'm... 2018 Ascot 1000 Guineas winner. Who was it? It was trained by Lou Luciani and ridden by Jason Whiting. Oh, yeah, I know that one. I know, actually, maybe I don't. No, nah, first, first thought, right. All right, show your hands, guys. How'd you go, Terry? I didn't do one, two, or four, so I haven't turned up here. Well, the brain's just not on. I got number three. Obviously. I know, I know, one, three, four, two's the question mark. I'm pretty sure that's right. I think the young correct. Man, he's got me here. I think correct. Well, I don't feel correct. Close. Three out of four for oh, Tommy Johnson. But he's impressive stuff. He's left the guru chewing oh, on his dust. Course, chewing on his dust. So. It was never going there either. Yeah, it was a weak version. Of yeah. So that is the Mundaring uh, Hotel WA Racing Mastermind done for another episode. Please send your answers via direct message on Twitter at 11pod. You could be in the running for that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring. All right. I've forgotten about from Riley as well. In race number three, he had 20 wins on Porfirio. Um, that's the last one I'm going to forget, definitely, this time around. So uh, 20 wins on Porfirio. So Riley's keen. Tommy was knocking him. Who's, so with you guys, you lads do all the form. Who's the uh, who's the uh, the chief? Because I know you guys discuss what you like. And uh, who's the who's the chief form analyst in your little uh, in your little crew? Controversial from you, but I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> I have the rating system. He doesn't use it as religiously as I does, so I'll give him that in defence. He, but he does like a little backup in that the ratings suggest what he's seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the GTX, I control the GTX. I get the full say in that, um, and I am quite stubborn, so I'm not determined by their opinions on the race. And sometimes, you know, I've, I offer—I never do it—but I offer that if they have a horse mapping different to myself, I can adjust the ratings. But that's yet to happen. But in terms of that, yeah, I'm, I control this. He does his own form, separate side of that, and hoping. That yeah, they the big are, dog. Tommy's the big dog. That's all I'm the, hearing. The, woof, woof. Uh, to the uh, the WhatsApp chat, there'd be a bit flying around oh, with that. I reckon that's hey. gonna uh, that's gonna get the uh, the fingers working on the old text uh, <laughs> the texter mobile. I reckon this I, afternoon. Undoubtedly, so. I'll get a message tonight to well, same prick. That'll there we go, the big fella. All right, so Riley's. Uh, well, he clearly not followed you there. That was your knock. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're, going well, head to, you're going head to head there. The, right, the last uh, four weeks, he hasn't received my prices before 10 a.m. on a Thursday. Not that it's helped. It made no difference. But, <laughs> I mean, we're both. I was going to say, yeah, you, you, you're both, uh, you're both uh, yet to, to thing, get the, off the mark. The, a... the thing that I missed was I was waiting for a tweet from Tommy Johnston saying that Cricket in the House would have won the first last Saturday. Don't, mm. don't, don't at me. I'm not so. sure it would have licked him, but <laughs> it, it may have been a good thing beaten. Yeah. So. That $10 a win on Cricket in the House could have uh, really catapulted Tommy Johnson to the top of the leaderboard. So moving on, race five is the Lex Piper Stakes, listed race, 1,600 metres for the Colts and Geldings, who most of which are on a WA Derby path. Western Empire, all the rage. What are they saying in the mar- in the uh, early, what are the early offerings? Ah, oh, it's about right. This. For me, it's dollar ninety Western Empire three twenty. Uh, I've got them to a lower percentage mark than the current book, obviously. So I got them two forty to about three thirty. Uh, I can't look any further than that. Just about whether uh, MTA is happy settling on the back of Castilla del Lago gets out at the right time. Um, Western Empire, I think you're brave taking a dollar ninety still. You reckon? I think you're brave taking a dollar ninety. I think I think you'll win. I think you'll probably win. But he didn't settle all that well last start. Um, yeah, he, he just might not be as good as we expect. MTA is a really nice horse, and MTA is the one thrown in. Um, well, set weights, penalties, conditions. It's, 
no issue with being thrown in, but I, I just think I just don't think there's a huge amount between them. I'm expecting Western Empire to get the uh, the better of the pairing, BJ. But uh, yeah, good little race to watch heading towards a derby potentially. But I think the winner of the derby will be in the uh, thousand guineas in the Phillies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how do you see this race? Um, I had Western Empire top pick by ten cents over MTA. I've got. Oh, wow. Really I've got a, a, a nostril if that between them. Mm-hmm. Um, what, were your, what were your prices? 310 and 320. So oh, wow. MTA is around wouldn't that mark. Three, I wouldn't want some 310 Western Empire. Yeah, though. and so I'd probably take 310 yeah. Western Empire. Hey, you got to be opinionated. I kind of see Western Empire a horse a bit like action in that mm. promised a lot early. I know it's a bit different, but promised a lot early. And I think now he just he seems like a horse that once he gets over a trip and starts to settle, it'll be a different horse. I know Ashton didn't go on with it, but as a, as a three-year-old, he won a derby by derby, five yeah. lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, so Did he win that Perth Cup that time, Terry? Actually, no, you got to no. <laughs> You've already, already given me, give me cryptic love. And uh, what else have we given him today? You haven't brought, managed to bring up um, wine night <laughs> over Holy Enchantment. Gee whiz. Um, yeah, he... Uh, no, Don't worry, that, that's no. tongue. That's that certainly was, tongue. That did sting. Mm. Hit the front as well. That was oh, incredible. I was backing him the whole way through, all in wise. It was a... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was tough. Anyway. Tommy, nonetheless, that's all good. And nonetheless, um, I thought it was a clear cut race in three because I think Castillo de Lago may be a horse that could could show something different. I mean, it's rated, it's got a couple peak ratings there that will be competitive in this. Um, and a step up to 1600 uh, should suit from all reports. Um, so it might be able to give some cheek out in front in saying that I do think the other two are slightly better and we'll get past them, but I think they will gap fourth quite considerably i think off mm-hmm. we go i mean it's hard to gauge how it went first up um but it only gets actually 100 meters so it will improve but i don't know enough to be competitive in this brave battle yeah no thanks um flash to caddy was good last start um managed to pick up and uh had a nice turn of foot once it, it got good. out yeah, and red hot hope uh has bloodlines and that's about it i think so that's it for me bj you're going to uh, declare Western Empire, it sounds like. Well, I just feel as though last start, 1,100 to 1,500, he began really well and they just went so slow and he just pulled his head off for Chris Parnham. Are, was, they, going to, are they going to go that much in a seven-horse field? Are they going to go that much quicker? I just think Castillo de Lago isn't a horse that you can really hold up. Mm. So I think it's going to, it's going to at least... I think Kira's still going to want to try and get it soft and, and put them out of their comfort zone to some degree. If, if they're going to be allow, if MTA is going to allow Castillo to cross, I think they're going to, they're not going to go along at a real hectic tempo. I wouldn't have thought. Oh, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a strong going sort of horse. Like mm. you'd only be fighting it if you didn't let it sort of roll. I, I just assume that Castillo de Lago um, would set a genuine enough tempo that would allow Western Empire to. Um, to settle better, I think Western Empire's um, Western Empire. You got in the breeze then? No. How have you got? So this is this is what I found. If, if people have got Castillo de Lago crossing MTA and MTA landing the back of, unless you've got MTA popping out, I got him popping out. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So that's just yeah. That was, if, if it doesn't pop out, and MTA stays in the back of Castillo de Lago. Western Empire's breeze. There's no other horse in that race can go early. Well, I don't think. Yeah. Perhaps, but uh, Western Empire sat three, four wide, no cover in a Faretha and got beaten a nose. Mm. I think he's a better horse uh, with with space and galloping room coming around them. The other day he was bottled up behind on a slow tempo, pulling, and when they quickened, he um, he just got got left by a really good filly and Salaya and 
Kiss on all four cheeks. Um, while she was wide throughout, she had an uninterrupted passage and was able to – She it was so, so slow that three wide no cover probably wasn't – I almost think that that was a better position, three wide no cover, than leaders back. So um, I think the run of Western Empire was a lot better than people Tell give it credit for. When the leader runs the quickest last two and four. Exactly. Of the day. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and he, he was he – was, picking up under Chris Parnham was making heavy weather of it. But when you're pulling so hard, it just depletes your reserve so much. So for me, Chris Parnham will be bank banking that uh, learned experience from Western Empire. He'll be keeping him settled as much as he can, out of trouble. Uh, they have to go quicker than they went in the challenge. Like there's no way that they could go that slow again, surely. If that is the case, I think Western Empire will round them up. MTA is a, a fighter and a good on-speeder, but I, th I think Western Empire is going to be able to get his measure. I Price? <laughs> short? <laughs> Very short. How I was, short? I was $1.75, Western Empire. Yeah. Yep. No, that's fair enough. I, I can I see just that. Think, I just think he's just, if this race is run X amount of times, he's yep. going to win a massively high percentage of the, the races. There's, so. two, there's two winning chances. You yep. think he's clearly the pick of the bunch. So yep. $1.75 is what he could trade at, to yep. be honest with you. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Benny, as I said, I've got him low twos, low threes, so... Good luck to him. As I said, gun to head, I think Western Empire will win. It's just I'm not going. It's not going to get me at a dollar ninety. Interesting. Big big drifter last start too. Western Empire, mm, so, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> thought I'm going to pile into this one. Yeah. I'm going to absolutely tuck yeah. into this little drift here yeah. and tell uh, me about it. So yeah, didn't get the chockies. Tommy's uh, favoring MTA. The MTA just yeah. ahead of, despite it not being top pick. I. I I, like I think it. that's my top selection. Yeah, so. I like it. And MTA is also, as BJ said, a bit of a fighter. So mm. um, they'll want to get off and rolling and, yeah. and, and be making it a proper race uh, early on. So uh, tactics will be interesting and see how Western Empire settles, which mm. will probably be the most important part of the race for um, for Bobby Peters. Probably everything. It's probably everything right it there. It is probably yeah. everything. Exactly right. Because um, And if you can get cover as well. Like mm. cover with uh, Cerise and White is just lengths. Yeah. Absolutely lengths. We saw it. Uh, Sprightly star. We saw it yeah, um, yesterday as well with uh, the dollar sixty pop in race two. Almost got rolled. Well, uh, that shouldn't. Have, in all fairness, that was a very poor race. And then just want to just a little no. Well, I gave Ryan a little bit of a rev up before with uh, last line how he handles that. I was on playing up for the place that race. Yeah. You're on barrier seven. You know what to track where you want to be sort of wider coming into the race. Getting the rails run in a small field like that. You've it was a top three finish. Yeah, you're kidding. Like you've got to be like looking to run into the race. So they walked and yeah, anyway, I found it difficult yesterday um, with the lack of understanding of how that track was going to play. Anyway, I don't want to carry on and whinge. That's not <laughs> something. That's not something I would do. That's not something I would do. But anyway, moving on. We yeah, we pumped up Boy Hill and now uh, yeah, I'm just I'm giving him. I'm giving him uh, yeah. drive by on the way. I can, I, I can give and I can take. <laughs> No wonder they don't like me. Race six is the Crown Perth Handicap, another 1,800-meter. This is a second division of the 1,800-meter graduation handicap. Smart horse on the ride, real uh, freewheeling front runner in the form of Tambora, beautifully placed by Darren McAuliffe with the three-old allowance that it How gets in this race. This looks set up so sweetly for Tambora, four start in the race. Looks like it's going to come to town and win. Yeah, how good's the allowance? It's, yep. um, it's incredible, three kilos. Uh, so instead of carrying the 58, it's just the 55. Maps uh, absolutely soft as, uh, yep. soft as butter. Goes to the top. The only race that Tambor lost, only had three outings, but the race uh, he lost, Pikey led, and it's um, That's a, a few of ours. He absolutely wandered. Allowed Laferola to measure up, and has proven to be a very good conveyance. So Tambora leads, wins. Wild Galar's on the back of Tambora. Who do you guys have breezing? Maybe an interstate coming across or a... I thought they might go forward on Sunset Cruise. 
Yeah, yeah, Sunset Cruise. I know that Sunset Cruise is on a derby prep, yeah. so whether they have bigger fish but to fry bur- in burn that sense. Burn a run to yeah. teach or something. Yeah. yeah, in fact, they've drawn directly outside of Tambora. Um, yeah, that's that's a definite possibility as well. So, look, I, I just think Tambora goes to the top, um, runs and rolls and wins, and if we can get even money, yeah. we, we hop in. I'm yeah. Pretty sure. I'm pretty confident. So. Yeah, I was flat even money. Tommy? Yeah, I had it 210. Mm. To be honest, I don't think anything breezes. I think it actually sits on its own out in front and <laughs> goes at its own pace. I don't think it'll walk it because that's not how it's best run. I think Chris is smart enough to realize that. Um, as for the rest, I mean, I've got Eurasia second pick by two lengths behind it and then two lengths to third. Yeah. So I'm quite confident in a declaration of Tambora. Oh, um, he's I'd, out in the balcony calling the team. Bring him in. Yeah. Bring him in. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy to say it won't be beaten. All right, so we can look to we can look around Tambora. Yeah. So, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I was hoping for uh, there was some two twenty this morning. I'd yeah. love to get a full stake on it. Two twenty, two thirty, two forty. Um, the only the only thing is Chrissy Parnham, which he doesn't really do, is this isn't a stack and rack job. For no, they Tambora. know. That. Yeah, well, have a look first up. Uh, freshened up off what was it? 30, 40 days. Yeah. yeah, about thirty odd days. They've gone six, seven lengths quicker than Benchmark. Mitch was still confident. Sixty yeah. kilos, fourteen hundred. Jeez, it's kicked as he well. Wrote it like he wrote only, it like a good horse. Only yeah. derive benefit from that. Yeah. So. Yeah, look, I'm uh, struggling to we're struggling to find some Saturday winners at the moment. But geez, if uh, if we can't get Tambora with the allowance, with the map, uh, with the potential, with the upside, with the even job. money, then I tell you what, it uh, it might be time to to give her up, hang up, hang up the <laughs> binoculars. Uh, so yeah, this looks like a really progressive horse for impressive racing. Tambora um, doesn't get a better setup than this to win a win a Saturday race on on the way through. Um, just as has been alluded to, jumps. Finds the rail in front, rolls them along, and uh, good luck beating them. So just just to clarify the allowance that we're referring to. So if you're a three year old and you race against the older horses on a prime sad day, you know basically in an eighteen hundred meter race, you'll get th- three kilos off your handicap. So under normal circumstances, with Tambora's rating of sixty seven, he would get uh, fifty eight kilos in this particular race. So uh, as a three year old up over the 1800 meters to incentivize three-year-olds um, starting in these middle distance races. They have a three kilo allowance at this time of year, which um, just makes Tambor almost immoral on Saturday. You only get it once, don't you? Or is it every start? Um, so- I always thought it was once, because a horse like, um, who was yeah, the he, he, he will go up, He'll go up two kilos off, off this next start. Oh, okay. Yeah, if he wins. Yeah. So, yeah. so it doesn't change, you won't get five kilos if he wins this for next start. No. Ah. Yeah, I think it does shift. Hang on, I sent Terry a photo of it. Yes, sir. I think it does shift. Pending distance. As, as, as the season progresses as yep. well. Yeah, season it, progresses and, uh, and distance. Because the closer they get to four, the more stronger and more mature they're supposed to be. So just, just, to, just to highlight, so it's three kilos in Feb, three kilos in March, two and a half April, two and a half May, two in June and two in July. So it tapers off towards the, um, to the, towards the August 1st. So just another little side bit of... Um, interesting handicapping, interesting for the weight players as well, and, and Tambora just looks a, a weight certainty, just about. As, as Terry said, I don't think I, want, I don't think uh, Shawnee McGrady will be doing the mid race move again with Eurasia. I I think he's eighteen hundred meters is his like his stretch. So I think Eurasia is going to win his share of races. He just just he's got to just needs to be ridden in that economical frame, and he'll be he'll be running on. He's probably clear second leg for most people, but it does look like Tambora leading all the way, which could be a race to race double. Actually, it could be a treble for impressive racing on the day. Hyperspace wins earlier mm-hmm. in the day, but Salaya, 
Staff Billy Salaya for yes. our man, Pistol Pete Antonitz. She is the clear, Chambry. clear cut. Oh, and Dex involved as well. Um, Big Deck. In the uh, Salaya, she is the main attraction and the uh, public elect in the Schweppes Ascot, 1,000 guineas listed over 1,800 metres. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's it's Deccan and Pete versus Bob here, basically, isn't it? Real heavy hitters um, all around. Geez, we've already gone for an absolute uh, mountain of time. Just looking at the little, uh, this is a new record for us, I reckon, just about. So I won't go into them too deeply, but uh, I reckon that the five runners are Bob's. Um, probably take away a real passion. The other four, you could just about throw a blanket over them. You can find little positives with each and every one. To be honest, I, I don't know how Crip has got Kira this ride, but I thought Pure Devotion wasn't far from, with the map and with the, the barrier, wasn't far from the pick of these Runners so so pre, pre-market, what was your rankings? Well, I, I thought Pure Devotion pre-market or pre-barrier draw of those five. I actually did Roll my- pre-jockeys. I did my Oaks market and I had, um, I had Testing Love, Sprightly Star and Pure Devotion, basically very hard to split up at the top. Uh, but in saying that, um, yeah, there was very, very little in it and I would have They're taken it They're all so similar, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, look, I- I think Soleil goes to the top leads and wins. The other ones have just got so much improvement required. And what we saw from Soleil last start with a nothing map. I mean, it was really interesting talking to Simon Miller earlier. He was expecting one of Bob's maybe to go forward and put some pressure on Soleil to assist the others. Um, that, that That isn't a team tactic type thing. That's just if you've got five runners, why would you send them all out with the exact same tactics, you know? That's, um, well, especially, I, especially if like one of his might be good enough and strong enough to sit outside and let Salaya and give it a give it a race. Who exactly, knows? exactly right. I don't, I don't know which of the ones it'll be. Sprightly Star went to the breeze last start. It's, it's going to be the, poor. it's going to be poor. like a pure devotion or a uh, fashion queen. And that, the thing with the pure devotion, it's the one that's drawn well enough to land one one yeah. and not have to go forward. So you'd think it'd be testing love or Sprightly Star from the barriers, but who knows? We'll find out on the day. It's a map you don't want to go too deep into. Salaya should be leading. Salaya should be winning. Um, really interested to see what Betfair does. I'm not afraid to play a little bit um, a little bit wider here and looking at a horse like Pure Devotion. If it does, if people go, hang on, okay, you'll, that might be Bob's fifth. That gets out the 25 bucks. There you go, bang, that's me each way. I'm really, really open what I'm willing to do with this race. Um, Chicklet was huge. Should derive a lot of benefit from that first up run. I know the Pierce has got a big opinion of her. Um, and obviously we, we heard Simon speak about Brave Angel. They're going to look for her to settle a bit better and, and run on well, but uh, we'll learn a lot from this race. I, I don't think you can really look at this as a serious betting proposition unless you know something that we don't. Yeah, I mean, I had it quite clearly that Soleil was the one to beat. I mean, if you had a question mark over the 1800, and there still is a slight one, but it's run the quickest last four and two of the meeting. Last start over, the, was it 1500 or 16? One of the two. Uh, 15. 15. 15. Yeah. Either way, it profiles like 18 should suit it still. But it's not going to be an 18 anyway, really, is it? Like tempo-wise? Not really. You go forward, I think. Yeah. I had Chicklet 1-1 one, one mm-hmm. as well. I think they'll oh, definitely look to be more positive here. Um, they went forward in the 1,000 guineas, I think it is, or whatever it was, um, in the spring. And I think that'll be their best chance at running a race here. And then as for the rest of the brigade um, with Grant Alana's bunch, I've had about a length between a lot of them, uh, excluding Testing Love. Um which I think actually goes forward, I believe. Okay. Oh no, Fashion Queen. Sorry, I had, that'll be the one. Yep. I think Fashion Queen, Fashion Queen, is the one that tries to hold the inside of Slayer and keep it in the breeze, mm-hmm. which um, means that Slayer will have to work a bit harder. But nonetheless, I think it runs the eighteen and wins this. 
Um, but Chickler, a great chance in for second place, I thought. I like that. I'm not as big with the whole one will go forward of Bob's because I think, look, this is a $100,000 race. I think Bob's looking big picture. He's, he's, teach, he's teaches all, yeah, part, all I, part of the um, learning process. I'm not as big on the theory that Bob will definitely send one forward. If it was, a, if it was a big race, for sure. Yep. But, it's yeah, you're right. He'll, he'll want a winner, no doubt, because black tops, everything for a breeding operation. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, do you want to cook a – Testing love by letting it by letting it sit outside Soleil when you've got Oaks and Derby around the corner. Speaking of Oaks and Derby, one thing I will say to those of you who have the ability and have the right betting accounts, um, which we don't unfortunately, is to be oh, have your trigger on the button, my finger on the trigger. What am I trying to say? Finger on the button, finger on the trigger. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You get the drift. Um, if one of Bob's come out, or if anything for that matter comes out and um, blouses them or runs an absolute eye catcher, don't be afraid to take the early price Oaks and Derby. That might be your best bet here is to snaffle some earlies quickly. Um, if one of Bob's five show really stamps herself as the um, as the pick of the bunch, there could be some uh, some futures available. Those usually last two or three minutes until the market switch. So be ready. Also, just on the Chris Parnham booking on Sprightly Star, my read on that is, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the best winning chance in the Ascot Guineas. No. My read on it is this is the horse they think that's going to win the Oaks. Yeah. Is that? Do you remember when Regal Power, Pike was Regal Power the whole way through, yeah. even though it didn't look like the pick of the bunch or yeah. it was the one we were questioning why is that? So that, they see things at home. They yeah. know what's going on at home. Um, and she's the one with the real like she's out of star encounter I think so she's the one with the real um, pedigree it's funny pure devotions Bob so you think so the one you think getting yeah. up to the 1800 will really suit and going forward so yeah good stuff I like it, is it. Good stuff. It, it it's a real good viewing race and as I said I'll be I could honestly back six different horses here I'm, mm. I'm happy to back a Betfair drifter or um, hope for a miracle that a couple of bobs have plunged and we see three bucks to lay or something which yeah. I don't think I'll yeah. Yeah. But, um, I'm just hoping for a miracle yeah I was um, pretty short Saleya um I think it was 220 actually. So, Leia, what's she now? Two, here's a bit of 220. 215 around. I thought Testing Love will be the first of the Cerise and White home, Sprightly Star. Um, the first of the other non Cerise and White runners home for me will be Simon A. Miller's Brave Angel. I reckon she's going to be running on, working home into the finish nicely. So. All right. I like it. Well, Salaya, 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 and we're all going to get the four bucks late. Of <laughs> <laughs> Up and about. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Race number eight, the Autumn Ascot Racing Carnival is coming. Handicap. It is um, coming. Oh, I should mention a couple of bets. 80 places for Riley Morgan. Chicklet. Oh. Chicklet from the 1-1 one, one where Tommy's got uh, – he must be looking at your speed maps here. Yeah. Jesus, come on, Dot, do your own form. Um, <laughs> and in the previous race, Latham's taking on Tambora. 50 wins Eurasia. So he's taking on the youngster, expecting Shawnee McGrady to be a bit more patient and uh, maybe get the final crack. So Latham, race six, 50 wins Eurasia. Riley, race seven, 80 places. Chicklet for the Pierces. It's a funny old day, isn't it? The, oh. most, of the most of the day there's probably one or two winning chances in um, uh, the races. First seven of the day, really. And then you run into the last two and things get, get a little bit skew if from there. sorry for Tommy having to do this, mate. Gee yeah. whiz, this is a uh, – it's a Barry Crocker. We might have to throw Tommy on the bus to take the lead in race oh, eight of the day. This And nine. And so <laughs> we might just go home now, I reckon. That might be him done. Tommy, well, your namesake, Tommy Blue. Did you land on Tommy Blue? Oh, Tommy. So, Simon A was, was uh, a little bit confident. Tell you what, you've made a few Tommy Blues in your first four rounds. <laughs> 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 a few too many, I reckon. <laughs> Um, oh, well, 
funnily enough, you've put me on the race that I spent an hour and 20 minutes on and couldn't land a speed map outside the first four. Very good. So that's always nice. Yeah, well, However, the first four. Tommy Blue, I think, yep. by default, leads this. Oh, um, I did say that. Yeah. I think Sweet Dreaming will be the one that comes across and breezes. Agree. Um, and then I think a horse like London Miss once again finds the perfect spot in the 1-1. Yep. One, one. I had I don't know what Simon said about Amelia's Contraire, but I thought I had a little asterisk that I think it's time to go forward, but I don't think this is the race to go no, forward. He's, he's I gonna, gonna be yeah, they're going to go back. Fair enough. Um, the horses that I landed in my top two were Beret and Run Raker, but they're just not suited by this map. I can't see them going overly quick here, although the pattern by now should probably suit them and you want to be coming off speed. But I just don't know where they land. Run Raker could be three wide. It could be in a three wide line with cover. Who was your 1-1, one, one, by the way? So you got My 1-1 one, one was London missing in the 1-1. One, one, oh, okay. Yep, sorry. Um, yep. And then who did I have kicking up? I think a horse like Petite Lafemme will kick up, mm. funnily enough. I think they will try and go forward. Did Petite Lafemme win its maiden last start? Is that why it's here? Or? I don't... The, why would they have gone to the surely you get yeah, the mile maiden? Well, oh. I know he probably doesn't get the mile, but gee, not, surely head to head with the slug, they would have, they would have uh, taken yeah. their chances. But like you're winding me up, Priscilla's sending him here. Like, come yeah, on, yeah, it's, it's it's a very odd placement, very odd placement. Like, you're getting three kilos off horses that are, I'm going to say, a conservative 12 lengths better. Yeah, um, so, but for me, I landed on London Miss as the one I wanted to be on. Six bucks is a little bit thin, but I think you might see around seven fifty eight late. Um, I think they come for Tommy Blue. I'm happy to take yeah, it on because I don't rate the horse that highly. Um, and for the rest of them, I didn't have any real firm opinion. I thought Chatter Session can go better here. I think it, I think that'll be close enough, maybe two often, three often. Um, a horse like Sweet Strawberry, I've given up on. Horse like Amelia's Contrary, I've quite Sweet Strawberry. Tell me, I wanted your opinion because you backed that for this competition last yeah. week or the week before. So, Sweet Strawberry was huge with Pikey on, chasing down uh, Universal Pleasure. Universal Pleasure. Didn't get there. Yep. Uh, then went to Pinjara. I thought it was huge right between runners. Not many horses made good ground between runners. Um, Born to Try was one that did. We've seen it come out and win. And Sweet Strawberry, very eye catching. When Troy Turner pulled to the outside last time, you would have thought, here we go. Like, this is all over. Like, well, that was a 10 out of 10 yeah. ride. I thought he's pulled it out. And you would have just, I reckon you would have flicked the telly off. And well, I had double the pro and sweat strawberry in that race. Mm -hmm. And double the pro took about 30 meters to get out. And he looked like he was traveling. I, I thought, they, oh, they it too close. I've got this. Yeah, so do I actually. But oh, yeah, that's pure down. I thought, oh, we're on here. And then I've seen sweet strawberry was coming. I thought, jeez, I'll run the Quinella here. Pays anything. <laughs> and they've both done nothing, which was always good. Mm. But nonetheless, like, a horse like sweet strawberry, I could give another chance. But I like it gets C a I like weight. CJP on. I so do I, but I get to like. I thought Troy London Miss gets a weight. Troy wrote it a peach. He did. He did. Absolutely. I just, just like on my sit and sprint. I'm a really big fan of CJP. Sorry, uh, London Miss gets a weight swing on. Yeah, Sweet Strawberry. Good, good use of the claim by Brucey Watkins again. It could have stuck with Lucy, um, but he's gone back to Carlene, who has ridden um, her at her previous four, and you can understand that. Um, I. I you could have understood sticking with Lucy as well, but um, yeah, the three kilos with Carlene is—it's a pretty big claim, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, she suits the Especially horse. As yeah. It's a real—it looks a really easy ride as well. I mean, at yeah. worst, if Sweet Dream doesn't well, have the early speed, you might land in the breeze, and that's not the end of the and, world. But there's absolutely no speed underneath either, mm. so she's going to be able to. Carlene's going to be able to sort of waltz across and just put her basically where <laughs> where she wants on London Miss. Um, so yeah, it's got to be a massive winning chance again. I tell you what, Chris Parnham could be. Could be like six winners on the day. He's got a terrific book. And Tommy Blue deserves to be favourite. I reckon it stands out like a beacon as the class horse mm -hmm. in this race. And 1,400. And that's the only query. And the map. But it's just going to 
It's Breeze run the other day was really was really good. I thought like it just got sort of boyish. Yeah, boyish blew it up. Boyish blew up Tommy Blue and just left it vulnerable late. Um, won't that this won't be as high pressure? So you can I can understand why people are finding Tommy Blue because this is probably the easiest race it's to lined up in recently. Uh, look, it's probably going to win Tommy Blue and London Miss is probably going to be really hard to beat as well. But I think it's a beret kind of day on Saturday. And um, the uh, Mitchy Pateman, beret, Adam Durant, I thought her Pinjaro run in the that, That's Funny As race. Did it catch your eye? Oof, what a run. It was It was equal to perhaps beat the bro. It was a- uh, uh, Beat the bro was God. 10 times. Oh, it was a- like, 10 oh. times a run. Beat yeah. the bro's deep, no, on, a, on a hot tempo, doing all the work. In all fairness, that's probably how Beat the bro does his best work. Not on the rail, by the way. Have I ever mentioned that? Yeah. <laughs> Not on the rough. <laughs> he did wind up a long way from home, which well, I thought contributed. Wasn't that vastly inferior to beat the bro anyway? So that was the run. Won, should have probably won the previous start too. Beret. Yeah. Beret, I just feel as though this is this is the good setup. Three wide line cover peeling. Going to uh, launch late. I think Beret with Mitchie Pateman's. What does he have? Those chicken wing arms. Chicken wings. Yeah. And oh, uh, get them flapping, and he will get Beret over the line in the last couple of bounds. Tough race. Just two question marks on yeah. that one. So for me with Tommy Blue, I don't know, I'm sure the, a lot of people would feel the same, but a concern over how like how much it wants to win, it seems to find. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit gutless. It might be a oh, bit harsh. Gutless. Just a little bit gutless. It's dropping gutless. And Talentless. I'm gutless. Not, I'm not Jeez. a big fan of horses that just don't like finding the post his last 50, especially here over 14. Oh, that was a question mark again mm -hmm. over 14. The pressure's going to be key for Tommy. Yeah. Blair, yeah. How, how fast they go. How she can absorb. If, if she gets a soft in front rolls or long inside pads playing well, like, I can see why she's going to give a good kick. Um, don't know if she's gutless. I don't know if she's gutless. I think she's run some pretty tough races in the past. I don't think she's come back necessarily as good as the days where she was fighting Eclipse of Comforts and then those type of horses. But I think this might be one of those horses that Simon was referring to in our chat before about um, that have been impacted by the changes he's made in his training regime. So, mm -hmm. But in saying that, she might have a few little issues behind the scenes, which is impacting her ability to be really strong late. The, as Terry said, the key for me with Tommy Blue in this race is the pressure. Got blew up um, outside leader on a hot speed the other day. Comes back two, three, four lengths off that. Controls Chrissy Parnham. What about that ride on? Uh, what was that horse last week? Bruce Almighty stack rack kick pinched it like Tommy Blues. Nothing's going to put any pressure on this horse. He's going to be able to control yeah, proceedings yeah. again, and then it, it only has to need to kick for a couple hundred meters and just fend him off late. Just going to be hard to beat. But I just feel as though this is the how you price the race. I was. Tommy Blue four fifty, Beret London is seven dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty close to the current market. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at a late price. Um, I think with the map, it's very interesting. You got so many horses out of the sixteen who can um, who are going to go back for line machine, uh, fire sale, rum raker, Beret, baby blue, sweet strawberry, Amelia's Contrary, Yulong Earth, watch me Nano, uh, neat action, all go back right. So you got horses that are pff, nowhere near it. So I think they can be aggressive on um, on chatter session here and land in the one one just yeah. about or somewhere yeah. very close to them. Uh, really good fourteen hundred meter horse. Thought uh, I thought.
thought she had a session hit the line. Um, she hit the line really nicely at, at Pinjarra. Brad knew the race was over a long way out. Got way further back than they were, they were probably hoping to. The yard's flying. Um, Fifteen dollars at the moment. I suspect we're going to see bigger on the day, but I, I'm going to I'm going to be on chatter session each way. I'd say just just because I, I think she'll be the one that um, represents the value being ridden closer to she the was, speed. She was next in line for me. Eleven dollars chatter session. Yep. Eleven ninety for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. What price do you think it starts on Betfair? Well, I don't know. I, I've got her eleven bucks as well. Um, I just I just thought that it would be missed last start a little bit, um, but her record at the fourteen hundred will probably be noticed. So she made. There's no obvious standout in this race. It depends what type of money comes from Tommy blue what type of money comes from beret and that'll determine the rest of the market i'd suggest so uh 15 is it's probably pretty close to what she starts i came here today you did thinking <laughs> that terry was gonna throw out a year-long earth type <sighs> setup mm-hmm. oh, no no nah. not so dad no nah, grow up bj <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just sort of had that kind of uh, no. like, ooh, well, I'll tell you what, the, the way that this card is uh, unfolding for me, it's yeah, yeah it, it, we, I might be that desperate by that stage of proceedings, but no, um, no, it, it's you're long as super talented, but uh, like, it's not going to get me. Okay. Uh, chatter session each way, but uh, yeah, Tommy Blue will be hard to run down, and um, I can see London Miss getting the right run, as um, Tommy has said as well. So, yep. uh, any bets this race for the lads? No bets this race for the lads. Well done, Terry. Okay, race. Number nine, which is also known as what's this known as, Tommy? The Get Out Stakes S T A I even wrote it down. I wrote it down. Oh, dear me. Very good. A bit of a nightmare there. Tommy, did you say like that? The A and the E combined as a letter? A. Yeah. Well, it's stakes. It's A. Oh, dearie me. Tommy, I like it. Anyway, BJ, who's this brought to us by? Thanks for asking, Terry. Mm. The extremely popular Get Out Steaks is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. You can find them at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show around second with Featherweight last mm. uh, last Saturday. Not a bad run, very heavily supported. That must have been some of uh, Tem- Ter- uh, Timmy's cashola on the line there. But uh, Timmy Hewitt, terrific man, swing pass, say day. He'll take care of you, that is for sure. And certain congratulations to our episode 64 jackpot winner, Sean Hamilton. He's uh, He claimed the $100, $100 worth of uh, gourmet group one steak from Market City Meats. He was a very happy customer and he put a uh, put something up on Twitter for us as well, which we always enjoy. Do enjoy so that. I was getting a bit of steak envy too, actually, just mm, looking at, at all that uh, goodness. So congratulations, Sean. And he actually got the... Um, the what about Moses 1.7 length margin, bang on. Did he? Yes. Point one. Did he actually put the two decimals? Yep. Oh, that's that's good. So that's what won him the race. See, a lot of people don't understand the the the, the importance of that. Yeah, that's second good stuff. decimal. Yeah, so, yeah. Second, well, I always say it's all about the second decimal. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> exactly. Exactly. The profile. And uh, so yeah, there you go. Right on, Sean. Now to enter the Get Out Stakes race nine at Ascot on Saturday. Send us a tweet at the one one pod. Who you think will win? Two decimal places preferred with your decimal margin there. And uh, Tommy, remembering the Sam White rule. First past the post. <laughs> Thanks, Riley Morgan. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that is oh, good. I was hoping you said that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tommy, I reckon due to the fact <laughs> you've still got fifty dollars in your betting bank. 
Unless I've missed something here. No, I actually have stuffed it though because it is 80 because I thought Platinum Bullet would be 8. And despite thinking it starts 8, I'm not going to have 50 on it. Okay. Oh, 20 on something else. Oh, right. In, in this, this race? race? In this race. In this race. Okay. So, oh, so it was 80 on Phone Me, was it? 80 on Phone ah, Me. Okay, Sorry. 80. So we'll just update that. That's all right. 80 wins on Phone Me. So seeing as you are going to have a, an investment in this race, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, what lay, is a uh, very us, open get out uh, STA. KS. Uh, well, <laughs> this, I think, will be an absolute charge of the light brigade out in front. I think Dennis Cooper's too will be looking to find the front. I don't think Klondike Kenny will, but I think he may have learnt that Crandon can only run a race when it finds the front. Mm. So I think that will do its best efforts to hold out time to sizzle. Whether or not it does is another question, but I don't think it matters because they will go so fast. Nonetheless, there'll be speed on. Mood swing should land in the 1-1 behind them, and I think a horse like uh, Santiago Gal will look to go forward but won't get in. I have that in the three wide line unless of course they stretch out and it can slot in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not a chance anyway, so irrelevant once again. Ooh, Behind cool. them, River Bow. Um, does he turn up? Big yes, question yeah, mark. Right? He will, I thought his trial was different. He will loom. Yeah, maybe. He didn't even loom first time. time last prep as well though. Yeah. But this, this was the thing is that the more I looked at it, the more I thought he responded to light riding. The other times he needed a bit of work, mm. which makes me think he is a bit more wound up. Okay. Nonetheless, not on board. So, mm. But I do give him a real chance. Then I have Platinum Bullet setting a little bit closer from seven. Doesn't have to go back so far this time. Like when it drew horribly. Um, and despite it not being a thousand meter horse, um, this will be run to suit a horse like it that runs 11, 1200 meters strong. So I give that a massive chance and funnily enough is my top pick, but not my selection for the race. I've landed on two here and I'll be okay. having 10 on both. Okay. Pearls and prawns. Oh dear. All right. It's great. Oh Thank dear. you very much somebody, for your kind donation. Somebody, somebody <laughs> check Tony, Tommy's temperature. Right? <laughs> I have it landing in a horrible spot, right? That's, that's where you want Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. Three yeah. back defense, but they'll stretch out, right? Uh, I think they'll start to fan a bit early because they start to bunch and I think a run comes for it. I think it's going a better than it looks on paper. I'll agree with you that it's going far better than it looks. I've actually been waiting for it to find a race. We'll talk about this before we went to air. Some horses you just look for, you're waiting for a race where they can um, lead or get a soft lead after just having so many races with speed. Anyway, continue, Tommy. I'll just cut you off. That's all good. Nonetheless, I tend to agree. But I think here it is some hope. I've got it well above what it will start. I've got mm-hmm. it around the 1650 mark. Okay. It will start, I will say, close to triple that. Um, I reckon you'll get triple figures on yeah, exchange. Yeah. And I'll have a I very small you'll, you'll investment. I reckon you'll win the competition if it wins. Yes. Yes. I reckon it's all over. Yeah. So I'm not winning Red the competition. Rover. That is fine. Uh, another horse that will be very far back and just hoping that by this stage of the day, they are well and truly coming down the outside, and that is Hoboken. Mm. Now, I'm not a massive fan of Stevie Parnham going on at all, right? but nonetheless, I thought it was a very good last start. Um, and if it posts a similar rating than what I thought it should have last start, it will be very, very, very competitive in this. Question marks of how far back, though. Mm, wow. Hoboken and pills and prawns there, Tommy. I think, yeah, I hope Phone Me runs a good race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, definitely asking some questions. I like it, though. I love when we get a bit of value thrown out, and they're both going to, they'll both trade at some uh, some nice prices. Just on Steve Parnham's return, he's riding um, super since he's come back in the saddle. Only had the two. Last week, he had Holy Ghost, and who down, came from last, down and Downforce. I thought both were uh, cracking rides. And uh, I often, it's often when jockeys come back from injury, it's interesting to see how horses go for them early on. And it looks like uh, Steve has a nice feel, a nice set of hands early.
early on with his horses. So I don't think his set of hands are going to be good enough to get her broken <laughs> up, unfortunately, Tommy. But uh, it's good to see Stevie back and um, riding well. Speed map-wise, interesting. Time to sizzle is just quicker than these. Yeah. Proven it. Proven it. And I reckon this map, I haven't been on time to sizzle or prep, and I, I hate getting on a sprinter. Fourth up, fourth up. But I reckon time to sizzle gets in front. I reckon you've then got Dennis's two runners in Klondike, Kenny and Crammed, and you've got Mood Swings probably on the back of one of them. It's a different map for Mood Swings here, and you're getting a couple of kilos off. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's the big opportunity for time to sizzle. Just look at the very obvious here. Use those two horses as roadblocks. Give a kick, two kilos on Mood Swings. Try and, a less try and stay straight. Yeah, and, and Marty's very big on um, – he knows what went wrong. He thinks last start with laying off, so he's confident that won't occur again. You, you rectify that. You change those few things, and sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel over a 1,000 metres, do you? I just think it was – just an economy thing, like an efficiency thing. Just burnt too much fuel between the eight and the four. Once she was already across. Yeah. yeah. Like, and the, the there was such a huge um, expenditure between that part of the race. You only had to need to come back a length or, or two and it wins. Yep. So just a bit more control. Like, geez, it's a far, fast horse. Just a bit more control, which is we're asking a lot of, uh, you know, Trickular apprentice, Maddie Derek. Um, but it's just a bit more. It's only a little mare as yeah. well. So going up in grade and down in weight, even though it's not that far up in grade, I mean, realistically, who are the extra horses you're running into here that you didn't face last start? There, there aren't any. Um, there's no. There's no Mol Molten's Molten, trial was yeah. very hard to miss, but you you got to, it's hard to trust a horse off. Um, One's trial by 10 lakhs last um, time in. So yes, that's, exactly that's right. Feels, it feels like it's got some some niggles, not Molten, doesn't it? And uh, very sparingly raced and. Doesn't have long preps, so I suppose if it's going to run a race, it's going to race run a race first up. Yeah, but, exactly. Right. But um, yeah. So time to sizzle. I'm just going to keep it simple. Well, my two, I wanted to back out. The two I really wanted to focus on were Platinum Bullet with Tommy, but it's come up way under my odds. If it gets out to seven eight bucks, I'll be on that too. That's yeah. why. Um, and um, but yeah, time to sizzle. I've marked favourites. Um, I think sometimes we try and especially me in particular over the thousand twelve hundred meters. I try to I try to do too much with maps and this and that. And look, if we can just use. Dennis's two as roadblocks. Nice weight swing down the weights, um, holds the rail. You know you're going to get a horse at five, what is that, six bucks at the moment? It's going to give a nice kick out in front. So mm. um, time to sizzle for me, but I also would love to be on Platinum Bullet if we can get uh, 6.50 plus, which I don't think is impossible. I marked Plutocracy, Platinum Bullet, Time to Sizzle, and Mood Swings, all equal. Oh, I'll try us. Uh, 5.50 across yep. the board. So I um, I think this is a nice race for Plutocracy. Um just got sort of bottled up a little bit with Carleen Heffel on in running at a cru crucial that. stage. A 10 out of 10. I thought that was a 10 out of 10. There was a moment, Carlin. there was a moment, uh, probably about between the six, six and the five, where she just got pratted a touch mm -hmm. and then got carted off by um, Tom Sizzle in the straight. And it was just, I just like the way he just kept coming and coming and coming. Mm -hmm. I think he's a better horse, uh, drawn sort of high to mid. So gate eight is a good one. Plutocracy has terrific form. Uh, Mervyn, um, Red Cam Man, he's, uh, he's got some, uh, I think, even Laverod as well. So his best form, and he's a, he's a real 1,000-meter horse. 1,000-meter horses for 1,000-meter races. Plutocracy, I think he's going to be kept out of trouble. The tempo is he's a strong horse. I think the tempo is going to suit, and I reckon he might be the horse who can potentially gun down time to sizzle late with Platinum Bullet flashing so plutocracy each way in the last for me. Mm. All right. So Tommy, couple of roughies, and if we can get a late price platinum bullet for you, ah uh, yes, All essentially. Right. And uh, time to sizzle for me. And look, the way that this market could shape, the six bucks might not be best. You see, time to sizzle. They got out to 
uh, upwards of uh, $10 on the exchange late last start. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to try and um, keep it pretty simple and not uh, go too deep. But, geez, tough old finish of the day. Good luck to this week. So, well, well done, I should say, to whoever wins this week's stakes, especially if you've tipped uh, Hoboken or Pills and Prawns. <laughs> right, gents, it is time for our Betfair Best betting proposition of the day. Our guest, Tommy Johnson, what have you got? Tommy. Best bet of the day is Tambora. Just maps well, weighted well, jockey well, distance well, just wins. Tommy, I'm with him. Tambora, just need some bat on ball, BJ. Even, <laughs> even money are about late on the exchange. Currently $1.90 odd. Just give us some 2 bucks, 2 30 on the exchange, and uh, that'll do me for the exact same reasons as Tommy outlined. I'm still punching that uh, multi-rider onto the trigger train. All aboard. Fangio. You're going to put your fangs into that one, are yeah. you? Mm. I'm going to just get stuck right in. Fangio is my uh, Betfair best betting proposition like of the day. It's, it's $3 best available at the moment. That's honestly, uh, who knows what that will do in the market. Yeah. That could start 230 That yeah. could because it's the visitor. It could start 6 bucks. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so intrigued what that race does. So I, I marked Fangio a lot shorter than that. So that is my mm-hmm. over, well sig- significant overload for my on-top selection. So Fangio on top is my Betfair best betting proposition of the day. Maddie, Tommy, you're aware what our Maddie category is and do you have one that falls into it? Um, Well, I couldn't find a whole lot of value today, so we'll go to the last. And let's say Hoboken is a better chance than Pearls of the Prawns and make it my Maddie if there is such thing as a better chance. Oh, Hoboken, gee whiz. Uh, chat session for me, only 16 bucks at the moment. I reckon it trades 20, surely. Uh, if I threw one out above 20 to one, it would purely just be picking one for the sake of picking one. So it's $16, a horse that I will actually be investing on, I'd suggest. Um, chat session, more aggressive right landing just behind the two speed horses underneath him and um, her, and I think she can run a race. My Maddie for the day, not quite $21. It's $20 best available mm-hmm. in the last, a horse that Tommy just absolutely dispelled, banished, Santiago Gal. Yeah, he did banish it. Um, a huge run uh, behind um, Mood Swings the other yeah. day. So it comes to the same race as Mood Swings, um, Plutocracy, um, Tom to Sizzle ran second as, at 101. When Justine Erkeland Stable gets in form, they have, she has these runs, these purple patches. So no surprise for me to see. Santiago Gal uh, run a race. Funny course. if she does because Tommy had her getting caught deep. Last time she got caught deep, um, I remember I marked her about four bucks. Maddie was on and outside rail at Belmont. She went up about ten bucks. Yeah. And I said, Oh, this is, you know, this is big big overs for me. So I absolutely guts the ten bucks. She's traded, and this is this does not happen, right? This honestly does not happen. She's traded twenty five dollars on the exchange and won like winks after never being on the track. So that's one of those wins. You're happy you won, but you're going, geez, if I've if I've had that bet at twenty five dollars, I'm you know, I could buy off the suburbs. So but uh, yeah, Santiago girl is a um yeah, she's uh capable. Mm. Very careful. That's by Manny. Uh, lays, lays, lays of the day. Tommy, what are we taking on? Uh, unfortunately, BJ, you're wrong. Fangio is the lay oh, of the day. Oh, there we go. I like that. <laughs> you're wrong. Uh, I like that. That's very good stuff. Uh, race two, Marachino's into something crazy now. 394 bucks from the widest gate. Come on, that's a great price. 370, 380. <laughs> yeah, I'll be lobbing up uh, probably five bucks on the exchange very shortly. And make sure you jump into my lays. I'd, uh, I went for about a 20 or 30 tip uh, streak when none of them won. And then I got the debt to start last week. So we're not going to lose faith. We're going to keep chucking them up. So um, it's um, the money's actually coming from Marachino, which is pushing the others out amazingly. So I better be. Better be careful what I chuck up there, but um, Marichino. So my lay of the day, I'm just 
I'm just not quite convinced about Queen takes King at the moment. I think she's susceptible. 320 on uh, uh, on Saturday at the moment. The way that the market has uh, shaken out at this stage of proceedings, my lay of the day is Queen takes King. I like that, BJ. All right, that brings us to the end of a very long preview. Simon Miller was uh, absolutely tremendous stuff, but we'll blame him for us going over time, eh? Won't have to give me a separate. It might interview, have to be. Yeah, I think it might have to be. But um, no, it was absolutely cracking stuff listening to Simon Miller and having a chat with him. He's uh, definitely a character, a lot of tales lover. Love someone that talks about the punting aspect of the game. As you know, that's the part we really do love, Tommy. But um, also, Tommy, absolutely tremendous stuff having you on, mate. Loved listening to your insights. Loved learning about how you do your form and come up with what you come up with. Um, yeah, you've been in very good nick, especially at the start of this year. I wouldn't say uh, the last few weeks. That's just a bit of a blemish on an overall over all very strong record so looking forward to the last three weeks of this series tommy and um thanks for coming on mate no i really appreciate it um let's let's see if we can get off the board here yeah let's see if we can well if phone me gets done i reckon you can uh, put uh, in another yeah. duck egg there <laughs> so anyway we'll have uh we'll have tommy uh, I might just actually very quickly recap the lads' bets because I um, I was a bit all over the shot with that. Rising Star Riley, Race 3 for the Rising Star Series. Riley Dot Morgan, Race 3, Perfurio, 20 wins. Race 7, Chicklet, 80 places. Latham, Race 2, Juicing Carrots, 15 each way. Race 6, Eurasia, 50 wins. Race 9, Time to Sizzle, 20 wins. I forgot to read that one out. Tommy, Race 2? Race, race 2, two. Uh, 80 wins. Phone me. Race number 9, 10 wins. Pels and Bronze and Hoboken. Dearie me. It feels... Oh. It was sick in my mouth. <laughs> good luck. Uh, good luck. All right, lads. Uh, that will wind us up for another one one podcast. And don't forget, huge episode next week yeah, leading I into was. the Bunbury. I'm really excited about next week. I'm I'm struggling with the Ascot service at the moment. It's actually playing really nicely, but I'm just really battling to have a good, solid, big Saturday. So I'm really excited about doing a uh, standalone meeting at Bunbury, which I never – the Bunbury form's turning around heavily as well. So So you're Um, on top of that new fertiliser program. It's all about the the soils and soils. Um, So I'm really excited about next week's program. We haven't confirmed anything yet, but with Brad and Willie Pike over in um, Over East, I think we might try and get one of those two um, on the show and have a chat about how they're going. Um, and talk to them. But um, it's a meeting I'm excited about next week, so don't miss next week's edition of The 1-1. Thank you to our producer, Jen, as always. She manages to get a six-hour episode down to two, two and a half, it might be today, but does a tremendous job. So thanks, Jen. Never gets the credit she deserves. And until next week on The 1-1.